Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. All right, let's get it going on this Tuesday. Hanging out with you. It's the Wake Up Call, as always. Broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dighton producing today's effort. We move uh, into the Colts offseason. We'll talk a lot about that. But what happened last night at uh, at GameBridge is going to be the lead. Pacers win, but Tyrese Halliburton injured there late in the second quarter. And we'll talk about it. MRI today. So we'll see how quickly we find out. Fellas, uh, a good morning, a nice win last night for the Pacers. But boy, that injury sure looks scary. And I know Pacer fans everywhere are thinking about stars injured uh, in the past. And that's just what it is as we sit here on this Tuesday. Well, you know, I, I thought that same thing, Andy, last night. I was fortunate to to be there and to see that injury happen. Same hoop as Victor Oladipo. Um, I I seem to recall, I'd probably have to look up the date, like a similar time in the season too. You know, January, you were, you know, playing pretty good basketball. Uh, Obviously we'll see the severity of it. Like you said later today, but damn, the weather outside this morning is reminiscent of, I think just the energy sucked out of the building. You were there. Yeah. So Mark was there. You both were there. Were you together? We were not. No, okay. No, no, we were not. <laughs> I thought, damn, uh, and, and Mark, guys had a show outing without me. Okay. <laughs> Mark, you could probably speak to it, but it just got library quiet in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, That's unbelievable. It's not like you see guys get carried off the floor. Well, you then, know? And, and then the towel over the head and everything else. I think yeah. that's when it got eerily quiet was when he got carried off. Like, it was already quiet when he was holding his knee, and then when he got carried off, you're like, oh. Because he had slipped is, earlier. Yeah. You know, he had slipped earlier in the game and kind of gave a quick look to the ball boy, and, you know, not that it's necessarily the ball boy's fault or anything, but it's like, dude, come out here and clean up this spot. And you know, Scott Agnes has got some great reporting on this that he seemed to indicate that Halliburton was wearing different shoes last night, more yep. high-top Kobe's versus low-top Kobe's, and it almost had a little bit of a feel of like, wait, is this like the first night of the in-season tournament and it's the new court and guys are starting to slip? Um, and when he did the splits and didn't like immediately get up, that's when I thought, okay, that's that's a groin, that's a hamstring, something like that. So Rick Carlisle going to join us coming up at 8, and um for how great of a second half that was, how impressive it was to erase a double-digit deficit without Tyrese Halliburton. Andy, I've said for months now, he's a legit MVP candidate for a reason. And that means he is so, so valuable to your basketball team. Life without him did not go well last season. You were 1-9 and nine in those first 10 games. When he went down in New York, uh, we'll see how better equipped you are to handle his loss uh, for however long it is. Uh, coming up here shortly. Yeah, what well, one and two this season was it ended up being seven and nineteen last year without Halliburton. And you know, last night was a nice win. And I feel, you know, the timing on it is just so cruddy because you know, a couple weeks ago we sat here and interviewed Carlisle and we could tell 
Coach was not happy, right? And again, Carlisle will join us at 8 o'clock, like you said, and he wasn't happy, and you could tell he wasn't happy, and they were going to make changes to that starting lineup and the rotation and everything else, and then they did, and then they won, you know, won six in a row, seven of eight. There was no, you know, I know they lost to Boston the other night, Saturday night, but Boston's a really good team, especially, I mean, they're the best team, you could argue, in the entire league, definitely in the Eastern Conference, and then Jason Tatum doesn't play, and you come back, and you're starting to get a little bit healthy and then Halliburton goes down and like Mark said it's not just you know it's not that he limped to the sideline like we've seen Jonathan Taylor when he had his hand injury remember like no one even knew I I think it was Lara Overton who reported hey he's in the medical tent right and it was just kind of under the radar and you can still miss a couple weeks and have it be under the radar but this wasn't under the radar this was this was he went down it was as awkward as all hell how he went down and then he's grabbing at his leg and then he's being carried off and then the towels over the head and it's I put on Twitter it was grim and knowing that you guys were there I mean it had to just suck the air out of the building so MRI this morning I don't know how quick that turnaround uh, will be like if we'll get something near the end of our show if Woj or uh, you know Shams or any of the local guys start to get Uh, some murmurings of what it may be. I mean, you know he's going to miss time, but this is a team six in a row, seven of eight. You get Washington, what, tomorrow night, and then you go on a six-game road trip. You go out west, and I just, I hate saying it, I don't have a ton of confidence. Like, I don't know how much we should expect them to win. The numbers are grim when they're playing without Tyrese Halliburton, and that's the reality, and it's going to be the reality for at least a little while, you would imagine. Yeah, you know, last year, it's not like you just lost games. Oftentimes, Andy, you got outclassed, really, in a lot of those games. And and look at the small sample size this year without him. You lose by, what, 50 in Boston? But then you win in Miami. And then you have the second half of last night. So, you know, there's part of me, and and I don't think I'm just, like, reaching for that little, you know, uh, ray of hope there in the corner. I do think this is one of the deepest teams in the NBA, and I've long said that I that was a big reason why I felt like this is a 45-win team this season. Uh, how does this alter the trade deadline coming up in a month? It's a huge question. Um, you don't have that open roster spot with James Johnson, of course, in the fold now, so that kind of changes and he's a little bit of things. And, and that, that, that uh, was, fr- was it Friday? Yeah, that became guaranteed Was, was a few the days deadline, ago. so he's going to be on your team? Yeah, it's a uh, big obviously, deal. Obviously, TJ McConnell and Andrew Nemhard will be huge. And again, the, the rare thing about Halliburton is just he is your leading scorer and your leading facilitator. And there's not many teams in the league where one guy is that. Like last night, what did we see? We saw Benedict Matherin have a great scoring night. Outstanding. Closes out really the first game of his NBA career. Huge for you. Uh, probably the main facilitator was, you know, I, I guess maybe TJ McConnell. Um, certainly when Nemhard picked up that fourth foul, you had to go back to TJ. But again, Andy, that's relying on two guys. And that's what makes Halliburton so, so great. It's one dude giving you the scoring, giving you the facilitating. And now, even if you do make up for it, like you did last night, in that second half, you got to have two guys do it. And it's not a given that Matherin is going to do that, you know, night in, night out. It's not something that yeah. TJ McConnell, of course, is going to absolutely provide Otherwise, you. they would be starters. If Matherin sure. was going to sure. do that every night, he wouldn't be coming off the bench. Sure. He so, just wouldn't. Again, Rick Carlisle going to join us here coming up at 8 o'clock. We will see if there's any sort of update on the grade of the hamstring strain. That was the official phrase from the Pacers last night. 
left hamstring strain. I did find it interesting that, you know, when that happens, what was it, 310 to go in the first half, um, I look over at Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan where they are seated just next to the Pacers bench. They both go to the locker room. I don't think Buchanan ever came back to his seat. Uh, I think Pritchard came back maybe start of the fourth quarter. And I'm always kind of curious, like, okay, if they get a quick diagnosis mm-hmm. and it's probably not too yeah. severe. Is it a good thing or a bad thing they, that they're not back, right? They, they come back to their seats and, you know, whatever the rest of the right. game plays out. Um, I think Scott Agnes also said that Halburn's agent was in the building, yep. part of, you know, being at home here in this five-game homestand. So, uh, you know, trying to look for a couple context clues on that end. But certainly that is something to discuss uh, coming up today. It is a busy night from a Big Ten standpoint here in the state of Indiana. Again, it's a Peacock night. Let's go. Indiana at the rack. Get that that password. has been an absolute house of horrors for the Hoosiers. Uh, scoring, what, 55 seems to be a dream and a hope and a prayer. Uh, but Steve Peichel's bunch, not good at basketball this season. So we'll see if Indiana can get a much needed, again, road win. you got to decorate the resume with some stuff away from home. And then Purdue at Nebraska. I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, this was a challenging game for Purdue last season. Nebraska was one of the very few teams to have Zach Eady not be Zach Eady last year. Purdue won in overtime in Lincoln last season. Eady only had 11 points in 43 minutes in that game. So... Uh, curious in Nebraska team that I don't think any of you know any of us like pegged them as oh they got great size or you know they got Big Ten bodies down low. No, not really. But for what it's worth, last year in this matchup at home, they were able to do a nice job in limiting Zach Eady. What's our guy's name who just who just sunk Indiana? Who got his professor there? Oh yeah. What's his name? I can't. Tanagua, right? <laughs> I can't. Tamanaga. Like Tamanaga. Tamanaga. Yeah. yeah. What's the over under on Tamanaga tonight? Who dropped damn near thirty on bang Indiana? Home four threes, uh, let me give you the Indiana numbers. This is from my guy Alex Bozich at Inside the Hall. Indiana's lost four straight there in Rutgers. The point totals in those losses, KB, fifty eight. 50, 63, and 48. The Hoosiers haven't scored more than 65 points in a game at Rutgers with Steve Peichel coaching the Scarlet Knights. So there you go. They haven't scored over 65 points. Now, Rutgers is favored. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll look it up, but I, of course they are. Yeah, why would they not be? I don't know what well, the line is, but they yeah. They are favored by three and a half. Andy, they have two wins in the last month. The two wins? <laughs> oh, they got to be bad, bad opponents. Long Island University, oh, yeah, and they beat Stonehill by one. There you go, boy. They're that bad then. They couldn't take down Stonehill. Was well, it, that was not a battle in the Revolutionary War? <laughs> Stonehill. That that scheme that Stonehill runs. That coach they got over there. He's a riser. Marcus Stonehill D one. Will you look that up? Oh sure, I'll look that up. A one point win over Stonehill. Did you guys, did you guys stay the whole time at the game? By the way, last night the oh, Pacers. Yeah, you great, stayed the whole yeah, time. Well, Mark said he might be leaving we, in the fourth quarter. He's got three kids. I yeah, was there yeah. with my father-in-law. It was, just, and it was a school night, so we had to get going. So we you and the father-in-law the in good shape after the uh, debacle during the NFL it, season. Everything's okay there. <laughs> well, yeah. You get, you, uh, again, Kevin uh, was in what you were with, with the with I was the in in-laws, Survivor League. In a they, Survivor League, and they disagreed with me, and yeah. I got the last. And, you're, and, and damn it, you're the sports guy. Do they not know you're on seven to ten a.m.? Do they not know that? Come on. I I was Tom Crean. Yeah. You know, if you look at the pictures <laughs> last night, they, look great last they were night. John Harbaugh. He looks so good. Tom Crean on that. By the way, Michigan winning it all. 
I, I'm here for all the Connor Stallion gifts. Of oh, it. yeah, let's go. I have no problem Did with it. Did we get it. a Spartan Stallion story. shot inside the stadium last night? I don't think so. He was at the Rose Bowl, though. I mean, you saw the pictures. It was confirmed he was there at the Rose Bowl. I mean, he had to be there last night. Oh, I, sure. Connor Stallion absolutely had to be there. I felt bad for Michael Penix. That was... Um, he was bad. There were some Indiana University moments in watching Michael Penix last night. Him he was getting, banged up, wasn't he? He kept grabbing his. He's side. always banged well. Him, up. him yeah. getting stepped on. Yeah. You know that first play of the third quarter. But you know there was the fourth down, late first half, where boy, wide open, wide open. to a Dunze. Mm-hmm. And if you hit that, all of a sudden, you know what? It's seventeen ten, and you probably feel a little bit different uh, going into half. Uh, you know, it was a one possession game for such long stretches there, like second, third, even early fourth. But I just felt like Michigan was in full control, and and so did they. I mean, didn't you feel that way? Like, it felt like everyone's like, is this game ever going to take the next step in getting close? And it didn't. And I hate, I mean, I hate this for Michael Penix. Listen, I thought Michigan was, uh, Michigan was going to win. I bet them minus the five and a half and everything else. So I'm not surprised ultimately how the game worked out. What I guess I am surprised, and we use this in sports, and it's not always true, but Washington last night, at least offensively, choked. They did. They, they were not who they have been all season. Michael Penix was not making a few of those throws in that fourth down throw there in the second quarter being one of them. They choked on offense yeah. last no, night. I think it's a first and, 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 you know, yeah. Michigan had a big piece in that, and it's Michigan the pressure of the game and everything Penix, else. Unlike Texas sure. could do. Sure. Back in the semifinal game. So the final score, what, 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 what was it, 31 13? Oh, 34 13, I think, yeah. It, it ends up being a pretty big margin, uh, again, for long stretches there, especially in the third quarter, early fourth. It was just a one possession game, but Washington could not find that, uh, that, that, that lightning strike that they have found for so much of this season. Mark, you got anything on Stonehill? Turn the mic on. Turn your mic on. Stonehill's Division One Northeast Conference. Due to the NCAA's policy on reclassifying programs, the Skyhawks will not be eligible to compete in the NCAA tournament or the NIT until the 2026-2027 season. Which is a ridiculous thing that many schools are trying to fight. Kentucky went through that a few years ago, right? Yeah, Bellarmine. I followed Bellarmine, Bellarmine down in Louisville. Yeah, they, they could have made the NCAA tournament. Um, but JMU on the football side has dealt with that. It's ridiculous. So Stonehill, D1, there you go. They beat a D1 team. Good job. The other thing I was noting at Rutgers, I can't believe that Cliff Amori is still there. I, I, I feel like that is a name that has been at Rutgers since Quincy Doobie was their <laughs> lead scoring guard. Back in the day. Maybe that's just me, but uh, Cliff Amore and Rutgers again. That'll be 7 o'clock on the cock. Purdue at Nebraska coming up 9 o'clock. And this is an early next Tuesday in Bloomington, Purdue at Indiana. That'll be Peacock as well. So get used to it here coming up in the next week. Uh, just sign right. up because you got the NFL playoff game and you're going to watch some college basketball. Just do that. Unless they have a free trial, so which I don't if know you, if they can do. you do Soccer. the would the free seven day trial get you both games tonight? Chiefs Dolphins Saturday, Indiana Purdue next Tuesday. I don't yeah. know because I think I don't even know if they have a free trial at the moment because I heard a couple people say really? that they they took the free trial away. So if you're signing up, you're signing up and you're paying. Oh no, you gotta have the. That's a bad job. You gotta have the free trial because they know a large percentage of people will sign up and will forget about it. 
right? How many people will do that? And they will end up at least paying a month or two. And then, right now. and then they'll get you for $5.99, and then you're paying $5.99 off your credit card from here until the day you die. Well, in India and Purdue both have more games on oh, Peacock no, later no, this you, season. You obviously. need it. Now, if you're a soccer fan, you already have it. By the way, just, just speaking of all this, what a bad night in the NBA last night, though. So Halliburton John goes down. done for the year? Yeah, John Morant's done for the year. Now back-to-back seasons. You know, he's been spoiled. He's done for the year. Halliburton goes down with a big injury. What a bad night. Boy, such a great win for the Pacers, but obviously marred by the Tyrese Halliburton situation. Rick Carlisle joins us in 45 to discuss that, among other things. And on the Colts front, Shane Steichen was, I would say, backing, I think, of his defensive coordinator yesterday. And Gus Bradley returning here in 2024. Uh, I know a lot of discussion on that. We'll give some of our thoughts as well. Rick Carlisle at 8, Bob Kravitz at 9. It is an ugly Tuesday morning from a weather standpoint here in Indianapolis. Thanks for spending that with us. It's Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, morning check down. Remember, uh, reminder, I should say, busy day for us. Rick Carlisle going to join us at 8 o'clock. Bob Kravitz will wrap up the cold season, talk some Halliburton, etc. with him coming up at 9. Now, as for the Pacers last night, winners 7 of 8, 133-131 over Boston last night. A really good win, but obviously dampened by the injury to Tyrese Halliburton. Here's Rick Carlisle postgame. Amazing effort from our team. A lot of emotions in this game for a lot of reasons. You're playing the best team in basketball. Um, you know, Tyrese's uh, injury situation is a is a very deflating moment. We hope uh, that that's that's not serious. We'll find out more tomorrow. I know you guys know that he's getting an MRI tomorrow, which is pretty obvious. You know, this is an important game. I mean, every game that we play has the the ability to be a season-defining game. You know, especially when you get down to the end of the year and you're. You know, and you're trying to you're trying to get to the playoffs, and you're trying to get to a, a good position in the playoffs. Now, seven guys, seven players last night, KB scoring in double figures. Benedict Matherin, obviously, especially at the end, 26 points in 29 minutes. Aaron Neesmith, 17 points as well. Neesmith at to the game. The team surviving without Halliburton. I think we have a better mentality moving forward than we did last year, um, you know, without him. Um, we have a really good next man up mentality, especially because we're just so deep. And, you know, everybody on this team, you know, works hard, deserves to play. Um, and they always showcase what they're able to do when they get the chance. Um, so um, I think we'll be we'll be all right. I do think there's a lot of truth in what Aaron Neesmith said right there. But at the same time, Tyrese Halliburton's an MVP type of candidate. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he's that sort of player, means that much to this Pacers team. His absence is going to be felt. I am a little torn, Andy. I'm like, well, January is the hardest schedule, hardest month by far for the Pacers this season. Maybe this is the best time. Like, these games are already going to be a struggle. Maybe you just take it on the chin here in the month of January. Whatever. Get to the All-Star break. Try to regroup after that. Again, this is all without knowing the exact severity of the hamstring uh, strain, which, and to quote Will Carroll, a strain is a tear, right? I believe that is the phrase he uses quite often. So we'll see if Rick Carlisle's got any update for us coming up at 8. Uh, but an MRI, like Rick said, coming later today. It'll be the Wizards tomorrow night as the Pacers conclude that five-game homestand. All right, speaking of tonight, College Hoops, it's back-to-back on Peacock. Opening up at 7 o'clock will be Indiana at the place that Indiana fans want no part of. That would be the rack. Taking on Rutgers. You know, Andy, when you look at the Big Ten schedule, um, yes, it's Indiana at Rutgers. That brings up bad, bad recent memories. But on paper, this is probably the 
easiest road game you're going to have the rest of the season if you're Indiana, just given the opponent, not necessarily given the history that you're there. But Rutgers is not very good this season. Um, so that is something to keep in mind as you try to bolster any sort of resume away from home. And then Purdue at Nebraska, Purdue favored by seven and a half tonight. Again, Ooh. that is a place last year. What do you year. do with that one? Seven and a half. That Purdue survived in <laughs> overtime. Fletcher Lawyer was outstanding last year in the win in Lincoln. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Purdue to win tonight. I don't know about the seven and a half. As for Indiana. What line I mean, do you like better? Indiana ooh. getting three and a half. Purdue favored by seven and a half. Uh, I always take the good team. <laughs> I always take the team that I know that can actually win by seven and a half. That can actually go win the game by eight. I'll take Purdue then. On the road? If, yes, yes. Yes, on the road. Yes, on the road. Indiana, this is like, to me, like the Louisville game or not Ohio State or some of the mid-major games that they played this season. Like, if you win, you're it's not a quad one win. It's not like you're going to look back in February, March, go, damn, we beat Rutgers on the road. That means we should be a 10 seed in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. But what it does is it doesn't ruin your season. Well, It, it keeps it the is, car on the road. That's what it does. When they flash up the road, neutral graphics sure. come Selection Sunday, it's important to continue to get some away from home. And this obviously would qualify as one tonight. Uh, give us another swoosh here. I can't remember if we swooshed or not. Give me, we I'll can give, do a double swoosh. I'll, yeah, I'll give okay. you a little Colts. Colts assistant GM Ed Dodds. Uh, the Raiders have requested to interview him, so that's a story that's out there. And then yesterday, I know we're going to get to it here uh, coming up in just a few minutes. Shane Steichen with a nice long press conference. Uh, there is a thought maybe this week, early next week, Chris Ballard will be meeting with the media. Just let me give you this real quick before we dive into some of the Gus Bradley stuff and Gardner Minshew stuff and Michael Pittman and his contract situation. Situation. That fourth down play, Steichen was asked if he's still second-guessing himself. Here's what he had to say. When it doesn't work, you're always going to think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, have I stopped thinking about that play? No, I haven't. Um, it was a huge play in the game. Um, got the look we wanted, and it didn't work out. And uh, that's that's football sometimes. And uh, it is frustrating. It's disappointing. But again, faith and trust in anyone we put on that field to go make a play. Faith and trust, Kevin Bow. How much faith and trust? That would be the <laughs> counter to that. There's a reason why certain guys play yeah. as much as they do and certain guys don't play. You gotta have faith as much as Fred as Durst was told. Do. Uh, again, last night in Houston, it was Michigan, thirty one to thirteen. Hail to the cheaters. Uh the victory there for Jim Harbaugh. Uh Chargers, Raiders, Ann Arbor. Where's Jim Harbaugh come September? Yeah, I think he's going to the NFL. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chargers on this one. I, I think the Raiders are in an odd spot that I kind of wonder if they're in a bad spot with Antonio Pierce. Of course, I'm not sure the Raiders have ever cared about public perception, but you know, people are going to whine and cry over Antonio Pierce getting that job. The Chargers have a quarterback. I mean, the Raiders don't have a quarterback. Sorry to Aiden O'Connell. Um, you know what I find interesting? If the Raiders don't get Harbaugh, and then for some reason they don't hire Antonio Pierce, does Devontae Adams want out? And we've talked about you know putting guys around Anthony Richardson, a oh bunch boy. of teams would want him. You know, I'm just trying to connect the dots, but I guess I would go Chargers. Uh, I guess I mean I, I would just go Chargers simply just because of Justin Herbert. You, know, you brought up Ed Dodds a couple minutes ago. There's a relationship there with Jim Harbaugh, so that is a bit interesting sure. uh, to me. Uh, Ed Dodds got his start with the Raiders in the NFL, I believe, interviewed a couple years ago for their GM opening. Um, he's been a sought after name, Chris Bowers right hand man. So uh, Black Monday underway. I, I, are we done? No, I don't think so. Is Pete Carroll? coming back? Well, is Carroll's, Bill Belichick coming back? Yeah, what's what else, going Matt? on? I mean, Black or, Monday. Uh, Mark Matt Eberflus, maybe? I don't, I don't know what's going on over there. 
I kind of feel like if you make it to Tuesday morning, you're almost safe, right? Am I am I wrong? I don't know. They keep saying, oh, they have to do, uh, you know, player, you know, end of season interviews. I'm like, do they, though? If they're not going to be well, back, what's the point? This is the thing that they do, and I understand why. Like, the Colts have done this, what, three, four times when they've had a couple suspensions or injuries. They've announced that after Gus Bradley speaks or after Shane Steichen meets, meets with the media. I mean, we all understand it. So, yes, like yesterday, Bill Belichick meets with the media, and he's like, well, I have to go meet with Robert Kraft. Yeah. So everything he's saying is not post-meeting with the ownership group. It's pre-meeting with the ownership group, so it kind of means a lot less than it would have a- than you know after the season. Well, Brian Dable said he wanted Wink Martindale and Mike Kafka yeah. back, and then hours later, they're like, oh yeah, well, Wink Martindale but, but resigned. See, they, but see, that's the point. They hadn't they hadn't met at that point. Yeah. He had not met with the coaches. He met with the coaches, and Wink told him, I'll see you later. I don't like you. Speaking of that, Gus Bradley, is he going to return in 2024? Shane Steichen commented on that yesterday. We'll play some of that audio. Uh, and again, if you look at the Colts' schedule coming up for next season, it's a very stark contrast in home versus away. We'll share that as well. And the latest on Tyrese Halliburton with Rick Carlisle in 30 minutes. Good Tuesday morning to you. Thanks for spending with us. Wake up call, KB and Andy. Yeah, good Tuesday. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Morning to you. Rick Harlisle going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Bob Kravitz going to join us at 9 o'clock as always. Hanging out with you in the drivehubler.com studio. Uh, obviously, we sit and wait for the MRI news with Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, I have no idea what time, but I'm sure Query and Company into JMV today are going to be able to react to the severity. And before we dive into Gus Bradley stuff, you know, I mean, you look at, you look at how tricky hamstrings can be. I don't want to. I don't want to scare anyone, but Jelani Woods missed this entire season with his hamstring injury and rehabbing a hamstring injury and other injuries uh, arising. So yeah, muscles, uh, core muscles like oof, that can be really, really tricky. Scenario. So um, yeah, obviously, fingers crossed. Coming up here later today, and uh, like Andy said, Rick Carlisle, less than a half hour here to talk more. Not only about that, but you know what was an extremely impressive second half and beating the Celtics, who were 
uh, I think 2-0 this season without Jason Tatum. Uh, but Jalen Brown, huge night. Pacers able to overcome that and move to 21-15. and One other thing to note Pacers-wise, Andy, if you look at the Eastern Conference right now, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. All of those teams have the same exact record. 21 and 15. It's wild, isn't so it? So you are literally yeah. at the top of that. You're hosting a home. Yeah, right now you are. Seven yeah. game series. And at the bottom of that, you're in the play-in. So any missed time for Halliburton, especially in a month where it's an absolutely loaded schedule, you go out west starting next week, uh, boy, you're going to feel that. And things can move in a hurry with how the Eastern Conference looks right now. So uh, obviously plenty of stuff we'll get to with Rick Carlisle here in a bit. Well, plus you have Utah coming up, and Utah absolutely put the shellacking to Milwaukee last night. Did you guys see that? They are by 30 at halftime. No, over, I did not. Over the no. Bucks. End up winning 132-116. But, I mean, yeah, they were up 18 after quarter number one. They outscored the Bucks 41-23 in the first quarter and 36-23 in the second quarter. The Pacers have that <laughs> altitude night. back to back Ooh. coming up, right? Oh, do Don't they? Don't they do the at Utah, at Denver? I think you're I think you're right, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up, but I think you're probably right. So uh, we, sh- we shall see. We'll see what Carlisle can say coming up at 8 o'clock. We'll see what kind of MRI news uh, that we get. That's one of those where it's like, how quickly can we get him into the MRI machine? Can, can we do that at 7 a.m. or at 6 a.m.? Or and do we have to wait till 9 a.m.? Will Carroll on to share his thoughts oh, God. on grade one, grade two, grade three, et cetera, et cetera. Who autographed your hat, by the way? Uh, that's I just a saw great that. question. I got I it. Um, that was my signature. <laughs> was it Jake Query? I forget who if was this it? was the uh, bowling halftime show, the bowling pen halftime show, or the uh, knockout halftime show. Uh, but they gave me one of those like gift packages or yeah. uh, like a yeah, gift sure, bag. Sure. And um, I swear Eddie White told me Sabonis, but you could tell me it's Boomer and I would believe you. <laughs> I like the old school look, though. 1967. No, I didn't you know, know until you, you kind of tilted your head down. Yeah. And I go, that doesn't look like Sabonis at all. What do you think, Boomer? <laughs> or, you know, where's Bowser? Wasn't that Boomer's kid for a while? Maybe it's yeah, That looks like Sabonis. I mean, you could tell know. me it's a pacemate for all I know. And I'd be like, oh, sure. Power Pack signed it. It's just some, some equipment guy's Brittany just signing yes. names. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brittany, yes. So. Can't say the full last name. Uh, all right. So let's let's dive into it again. Carlisle will join us in about 25 minutes. We'll get back to Pacers. Any new news on that, obviously, we'll break in and we'll be talking about this morning on the show. You know, one thing, I texted you yesterday, KB, and I thought, okay, so we had Steichen yesterday, and he talked about Gus Bradley. We'll get to that sound here in a second. And then we had Colts Roundtables. So uh, Rick Venturi, Coach Venturi, is like, I just call him Coach. Uh, you know, he had about two, two and a half minutes of strong stuff just on the defense and on Gus Bradley. So I want to play all of that because I do think two things. I think Gus Bradley being back is a probability, not simply a possibility. It's going to happen, I think. And secondly, you know, everyone loves Shane Steichen. This is the first time, I mentioned this yesterday, KB, it's the first time I kind of think where fans were like, okay, I don't agree with Shane Steichen on this. That's my read of the situation. So let's play some of this and then we'll react. Here's Steichen yesterday when he was asked about Gus Bradley, asked about any changes to his coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, I worked with Gus for four years uh, at the Chargers, so I got, you know, background with Gus. And uh, again, I believe in continuity, and uh, I got a ton of respect for Gus. All right, so continuity, that's the word. And he's asked again about it. Here's what he had to say um, I believe in continuity. I'll say that. <laughs> he never said he'll be back. <laughs> that's a good point. That would go against continuity. But that would though. go against continuity. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Do you Maybe read anything into it? Day. I mean, it wasn't a. 
1,000% statement of no? he will be back. Now, for what it's worth, you know, again, that happened during the show yesterday. I don't think the exact question was asked of, like, will Gus Bradley will be, he back? be back? You know, right. like a direct statement like that. Um, didn't he say something to the effect of meet with players today, meet with coaches tomorrow? I, I I don't know. I mean, certainly you can read into that and you can walk away from it and say, oh, it sounds like Gus Bradley is going to be back. Um, but there's an element, Andy, of we just don't know with Shane. I mean, this is we are learning about Shane Sykin. We learned about him for 17 games, and now we're going to learn about his hirings and his firings of a coaching staff. And um, I think the I believe in continuity is a little bit of a uh, I don't know if lazy is the right word, but I mean, you can point to so many successful NFL teams right here in the playoffs, and they have had massive coordinator changes in the last year. Well, the Bills within the last six months, yeah, the Bills changed theirs, their offensive coordinator in the middle of the season. So Ken Dorsey got fired a month like, and a half ago. Yeah, I, I, I'm not this just like continuity you know needs to be preached to the nth degree and that's what builds championship teams no I mean you you make changes and sometimes those changes can be beneficial to you um, I think our audience knows I'm probably a little bit more on the um, I would like to probably see a change and it, you know at least explore what's out there I know like it's hard to really explore what's out there without like making a change but Andy I think there's some notable defensive coordinators that are either on the open market or could very well be on the open market. Oh, and, sure. You know, you brought up the name Wink Martindale yesterday and him resigning with the Giants. I mean, that was a guy that had multiple interviews here in Indianapolis for the head coach position last year. He is a stark contrast from Gus Bradley philosophically. Um, I think of Jero Evero with Carolina, another guy that interviewed mm-hmm. for the head coaching job. Obviously, that Carolina staff was let go. Um, I look at Atlanta. And Arthur Smith and that staff is let go. Ryan Nielsen, their defensive coordinator, that was the really only bright spot for the Falcons this past season. That is a very nondescript defense that played pretty good football and kept them in the NFC South picture while their offense had issues. Um, I look at Notre Dame, honestly, and Al Golden has been a popular name with NFL history. Was, Does he wear a tie, though? Does he have to wear a tie in the NFL? Thankfully, he is okay. not. Is he worn done with that? Yet. Like a pullover? Uh, he was with the Bengals <laughs> on their Super Bowl staff defensively and has done really well at Notre Dame. And Antonio Pierce. We saw Shane Steichen go up there for Brian Mason last year. Yes, uh, the Antonio Pierce fallout. So I just think there's some names to keep an eye on. And. Um, you could probably read into the Shane Sykin statement, whatever you want to read. Yeah, into. I, I think it's I think it's him not throwing Gus Bradley under the bus, him not trying to get your hopes up if you want Bradley to be gone, that, hey, that this guy is going to be gone. I think it's non-committal, but it's also not a hot take. I think that's what Steichen was trying to do. Now, speaking of Wink Marndale, just because I've seen just about every snap the last couple years of him, and if you go back to, besides the Giants, you know, he was there in Baltimore with John Harbaugh, the the Giants blitz, they had 268, it was 42% uh, was their blitz percentage. That was second only to Minnesota. So when you talk about a guy who is quite literally the opposite in bringing pressure of what the Colts, the Colts were dead last this season at 14.8% in blitz percentage. Again, the Giants with Wink Martindale more than double that at 42 
0.2%. Again, you may not like that, but people have been saying you got to bring the blitz. You got to bring, you know, people got to be scared of you. That's what he did. Now, they weren't a very good team, but that's what he did. I I wanted to throw these two clips your way. This is from the Colts Roundtable. This is Rick Venturi, okay? Uh, Let's play clip number nine here first, Mark. Who does not hold back? Uh, He does not hold back, and that's the reason I wanted to play this is because he's very opinionated, and he doesn't like a lot about what the defense did here. I I just want to be clear. You could tell he did not like the way that they played on Saturday against Houston. Here's Venturi. This is yesterday in the Colts roundtable on the problem with the Colts defense. What our problem is, is we have a vanilla and, and we have a predictable scheme that people are tearing apart. We play 79% zone. That was as a week ago. I don't know exactly what it is today, but it'll be close. 79% zone. And in that zone, there's no matchup. It's soft on the outside. It's soft on the inside. There's no matchup underneath. There's no hard press. So teams have free access. That's why this play after play is uncontested. It just absolutely drives me crazy. And that's why it's, it's not just a great phenom like the young kid we played on Sunday. It's Browning. It's Heineke. It's, it's Aiden O'Connell. I mean, it goes on and on and on in terms of giving up these high percentage. We, we're kingmakers, and it's the same way with wide receivers. Every wide receiver that comes in here has a career day. And even if you don't have good corners, all you have to do when there's one guy out there is you roll to him every down, play run force away, or you go man-to-man, press him in double over the top, and you play nine on everybody else, period. Okay, So there's no excuse for what happened on Sunday. I couldn't agree more with those comments from Rick Venturi. Obviously, his long, long background in coaching is on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, yeah, I brought up yesterday in relation to Gus, Andy, when teams get ready to prepare for the Colts on a Tuesday night, it's not like that opposing offense sits there and thinks to themselves, oh bleep, what are they going to do? What looks are they going to give us? What will be different from last week? For the most part, it is on the very vanilla scale, to use a Rick Venturi term, uh, when you compare him to the 31 other defenses in the NFL, and I don't like that. Like I, I, I philosophically align more with Shane Sykin of aggression and change things up, and it's a week-to-week league. The plan for Lamar Jackson one week can't be the plan for Matthew Stafford the next week. Um, and to the point about when you play elite players, they oftentimes have their best games of the season against the Colts. And Nico Collins, I don't even know if he qualifies an elite player, but he certainly did on Saturday night. You know, Puka Nakua earlier this year. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that just well, happens. Mike Evans was wide open. The Saints too, doing too what often. they did. Jake yeah. Browning. I mean, yeah, they got what things, they wanted. Like, anybody but him. Yeah. Anybody but them. And I don't think that philosophy is adhered to enough. So I think Shane Sykin has got to view this time right now as a, you've got a full offseason right here. You, I understood retaining Gus Bradley last offseason. It was scramble mode. You didn't get hired till mid-February. You have history with Gus Bradley. Um, The Colts defense obviously was not horrific by any means under him in year one, but still, now you have a look in the mirror, and the hope moving forward is you're playing deeper into January, so maybe you don't have as big of a you know window of time to make such a hard look at it and evaluate. I will say this, though. As much as, again, I would do 
something differently. I don't think the personnel is to a championship level sort of defense. So um, I think you can acknowledge that and realize, particularly in the back end, you need to give whoever the defensive coordinator is some more ingredients. Well, if they're if they're going to say then, if the Colts are going to say, and this is the tricky spot of Ballard, if you're going to keep Gus Bradley around, and one of the reasons you you say that is, well, I mean, look what he did with what he had, then that is an indictment on Ballard, and I'm not sure he feels that way either. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's, I, I think it's it, a lose lose situation. It's a great in a, point in a yeah. lot of ways, is it not? If you're saying, okay, well, Gus Bradley had what he needed, okay, then then you got to be better than this, and if you're saying well, he didn't have what he needed. That goes back to the Ballard discussion. It's damned if you do, damned right. if you don't. Is it I mean, personnel that's, or that's is it the pro- that, yeah, that's that's the problem here. You know, speaking of blitz percentages, you know, the Colts at the very bottom. The teams that are there with them at the bottom: Jets, Niners, Raiders, and like Dolphins. And the Texans are down there, too. And the Ravens are down there, too. And the Eagles are down there, too. And the only reason I bring it up, you say, well, Andy, these are good teams. And their blitz percentage is low, too. It shows you don't need to blitz. The teams at the top, the Giants and Vikings, they're not They're not in the playoffs. We, we didn't even care about them this season. Okay, so they're getting home and you're not getting home. I mean, the Jets have been a – they've wreaked havoc this year on defense. I mean, their offense has been terrible. The quarterback play has been terrible. Uh, you look at the Niners, one of the better teams in the NFL with what they have done with their front. Yeah, they're 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 getting home with with some big time guys. So, I it's 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 a difficult one. I will say the one thing Steichen said that I don't care about. He's like I spent time with him and with 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 the Chargers. I, I got. I got to be honest. I just don't care about that. You, right. You know but what I'm saying? You know how the coaching fraternity is. I know. It's five years ago. You know, you spent time with him with I mean, the Chargers. Honestly, I was thinking about some okay. defensive coordinator names yesterday, and I went to the Chargers staff. I went to the Eagles staff. And you, you know, find a Chris Harris who now is in Tennessee, or you find a Denard Wilson who now is in Baltimore, and you try to connect dots because inevitably that's how this coaching process typically works. It is, you know, going back to guys you have familiarity with. I'd be super curious had he not spent time. Like, let's say Gus Bradley was Matt Eberflus, right. and there was no crossover there with Shane Steichen. Would he a have retained him last offseason, and then b would he have, you know, this whatever fire him and have an open defensive coordinator? Search on that end. Um, again, Chris Ballard, I think the hope is maybe later this week, meet the media. We'll see if there's any more clarity on that. But certainly, yeah, again, Shane Sykin's comments yesterday, um, I mean, he did not give us the Bernard Ryman, I'll be back, uh, in referencing <laughs> Gus Bradley 1,000%, but he obviously... Repeated the word continuity on several occasions. Uh, Yeah, the C word and then the A word, uh, accountable. Uh, That has been the word we've talked about with the players. 28th in points allowed last season. Scheme? Personnel? It's a great question. No, it's a great question. I mean, 28th in points allowed playing those quarterbacks? I know. I know. Listen, I'm with you. Uh, Venturi talking about Steichen. Coaches. Coaches. Not only players need to be held accountable. You know, if you're going to hold players accountable then you have to hold the coaches and the scheme accountable, too. I'm I'm hearing the word continuity thrown around a little bit, but let me just say something about continuity, okay? Let me just give you five playoff teams. Buffalo changes offensive coordinators in the middle of the season, and it's been huge. Pittsburgh, same. Cleveland brings in Jimmy Swartz. They're now number one in the league on defense. Baltimore brings in Munkin. Look at the difference he's had with the quarterback. You know, and then look at Miami brings in Fangio. So, and Houston totally re- revisits the whole thing. So, you know, continuity is only good if it's, a, if it's a damn good plan. If it isn't a damn good plan, continuity is not going to make any better. 
Yeah, I just thought those were strong words. I, I think they are. The only name that I'm totally against is Matt Patricia. <laughs> I don't mind. I'm just throwing that out there right now so I can be the first one to put that out I, at I 750 this morning. a few names you know, earlier in this segment. I don't want to dive too deep into the names just sure. yet. You know, I almost think like it's a waste of time until there is some sort of decision made because, you know, again, if you go off Shane's words yesterday, you obviously can, can read into Gus Bradley being back. Uh, Colts do know their opponents coming up for 2024. I think a couple inter- interesting things to note on this, Andy. Again, it'll be the AFC East and uh, NFC North. Those are the two divisions you'll play. By finishing third in the AFC South this season, the Colts will also play your Giants, the Broncos, and it seems like now an annual game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The home slate, eight home games, five of the eight against playoff teams. Mm -hmm. The quarterbacks of those five teams... Tua, Josh Allen, C.J. Stroud, Jared Goff. I'm missing one more there uh, on the home front. Um, That is a much different home schedule than you had this past season. Andy, of the nine road games, uh, you only face one double-digit win team on the road. That's Houston. So the road slate does not have a whole lot of uh, either elite quarterbacks Long road trips, Denver's your longest road trip of the year, or again, even super accomplished teams from this past season. I would say one thing to note on the road, though, and I know it got a lot of attention this year, Andy, you're going to be on that MetLife Stadium turf <laughs> twice. twice. <laughs> yeah, you twice. You are at the Jets and at the Giants uh, coming up this season. Yeah, you look at the away opponents, we're not there with Jordan Love yet. You're not sold. You need to see more of Jordan Love, even though the last six, seven games. I mean, I, I'm just throw, I'm just throwing that out but there. But that's it. I mean, again, it, just go off last is, year's quarterback. Yeah, is is Kirk gonna... Cousins back in Minnesota? Does that move the needle yeah. for you? Is Aaron Rodgers, you know, back and healthy for the Jets? He's too busy yelling at Jimmy Kimmel. He's not going to be back. <laughs> I would agree. The home team you missed was the Bears. How could you miss the Bears? Oh, no, no, playoff team. Steelers, oh, playoff right? team. Gotcha, Steelers. gotcha. I yeah, can yeah. assure you that the Bears are not a playoff Jared team. Goff, <laughs> Jared Goff and the Lions. I don't know if you said him. So, no, the, the schedule, listen, the schedule's taken a huge step up, and it's it's to the point to where I'm not sitting here saying that this year they won games because of strictly who they played and the quarterbacks they played. But it is a data point. Yeah, it I, is I have, a discussion. I have no problem saying the Colts were an average to slightly below average football team that took care of a manageable schedule. It probably helped which, them in a few games. Yeah, which, sure. Uh, again, that's part of NFL football. I mean, the reason why the Steelers were outside of the playoffs for a long, long time is because they lost to Arizona at home. They lost to New England at home. Part of that is winning those games. So um, I don't totally discredit it. I'm just acknowledging what I think is pretty factual about this 2023 Colts season. So again, next year... Five of your eight home games against playoff teams. Uh, of your nine road games, only one of those against teams that won double-digit games. Uh, you do have a road trip to Lambeau. Uh, that only happens once every eight years, so I know a lot of people like to circle that one, potentially do a trip for that. Uh, so times and dates, obviously, for those games will be announced coming up in May, but an early look at your 2024 opponents here for the Colts. All right, coming up next, Rick Carlisle joins us. The latest on Tyrese Halliburton and what was an impressive second half amidst 
Uh, certainly a, a, a sour taste in the end of the first half and Tyrese Halliburton's injury from last night. Rick Carlisle joins us on the other side. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Yeah, 8 o'clock hour, hanging out with you in the DriveHuber.com studio. KB and Andy, Mark Dighton, producing today's effort. Reminder, coming up at 9 o'clock, Bob Kravitz going to join us. Uh, we'll obviously talk some Pacers, some Halliburton injury, and of course, the end of the Colts season. We'll do that with him. You miss any of our show, any of the fine shows here on The Fan, catch us on the Podcast Center at 1075thefan.com. All right, you know it's a Tuesday, you know it's 8 o'clock. Head coach of the Pacers, Rick Carlisle, joining us here on the program. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're good, uh, and we appreciate you joining us. Uh, you know, it's been a great stretch the last couple weeks. Seven of eight had the six in a row last night. What a great second half and finish. Uh, but obviously, the Tyrese Halliburton injury is something we've talked a ton about this morning. Uh, any additional information you can give us as we sit here right now at 8.01 a.m.? Not right now. Um, he's going to get it checked out this morning, uh, get an MRI this morning, and then uh, and then we'll know more. But uh, if it's okay with you guys, I'd like to say a couple things about the cold season, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I just uh, I just thought they had an amazing year. Um, I don't know what their projected win total was, but but they shattered it. And uh, I thought Shane Sykin, you know, did one of the most brilliant jobs any rookie coach has ever done in any sport. And one of the things that really caught my attention and the attention of my coaching staff was when someone after the game asked Jonathan Taylor about the play call at the end, um, his quote, and I'll read it because I thought it was one of the really defining things about the, the culture that they're building, which is very consistent with what we're building over at the Pacers. That was the play we called, and I stand by the coaches, Taylor said. You see what Shane has done all year. Have you really questioned his calls all year? He's always been calling the right play at the right time. No one questioned the call. No one did. And I just, I just think it's such – it's just such an amazing tribute to um, what they're doing over there, uh, and this is this is why you know you take you take care of a guy and you and you pay a guy like Jonathan Taylor. He's not only a great player, but he's obviously a guy of uh, of amazing high level character, and uh, you know I just uh, really happy for their franchise. And wow, what momentum they have going into next year! So appreciate that. 
Yeah, Coach, if you don't mind, I want to stick there just for one more. I remember when we had you on at the start of the season, you brought up a conversation you had with Shane Steichen. I believe it was last spring. Some, you know, whatever. Shane gets hired in mid-February. At some point, he comes over for a game, and you and him had a conversation in your office before a game for you guys. Uh, what do you recall about, you know, your first impression of him? Because I, if I remember correctly, you were pretty struck by him right away. Yeah, I, there was no question to me that, they had hired the right guy. I had not even seen one game, but you just you just have a you just have a sense and a feeling about uh, a person. This guy was um, a, a, obviously a highly highly intelligent guy. Um, has certain energy about him, and you could just you could just tell he was a guy that's wired for success. So I don't you know I think I think he and Ryan's but. Um, uh, the kid from uh, Houston should both get rookie, a uh, coach of the year. I mean, I just thought the, the job they both did was out of this world. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with all that, but, uh, you know, I just uh, have a great, great deal of respect for what I witnessed this year over there and uh, wish those guys the best. He's Rick Carlisle. He's with us here, obviously, every Tuesday at 8 o'clock on the Wake Up Call. Um, coach, could you take us into – your locker room at halftime and just emotionally where guys were at. Obviously, Tyrese goes down with a few minutes to go in the first half. Um, I thought it was a really incredible resolve by your bunch in the second half to win that game. What was halftime like, and maybe did the start of halftime feel different than the end of halftime just from an emotional state and getting ready to go back out on the floor? Well, it was very, very scary uh, when you get it, have it, when you see your your best player get carried off the floor. I mean, this was not, you know, a guy with his arms around people's shoulders, just limping. He was literally carried by James Johnson and there was one other player. And, um, you know, that, that has a very somber, uh, sombering effect on everyone, the crowd, the team. Um, there were three, I think three or four minutes to go in the first half. Um, when we got in at halftime, uh, I was, I was told that he had walked on his own power from the training room into the locker room and he had ice on his um, left hamstring. And so the fact that his teammates had seen him walk under his own power um, was, was, was uplifting. And then uh, when the coaches got in, um, you know, he was, he was sitting in his seat and uh, he had his, he had his, um, his hands, you know, uh, over his face and his, his head was down. He was he's disappointed that he couldn't be out there, uh, you know, fighting with his teammates. I think that was the the, the major feeling. Uh, obviously, other concerns go through an athlete's head. I, you know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a mind reader, but um, we talked about where we were in the game. We talked about the similarities it was to the previous game. The difference was we had had the lead several times in, in the game on Saturday. We never had the lead at all. And when we beat them in the in-season game, we were down seven at halftime. In this case, we were down nine. So we just reiterated that, you know, we're still we're still right there. Uh, what we need to do is, is establish leverage in the game, um, get our fans into it, and um, – you know, we we told uh, we told Tyrese right there that you know we were going to hold the fort for him, and uh, so he'll get an MRI this morning, um, and we'll find out more. But uh, the second half was 
you know, one of the greatest regular season second half I've ever been involved with, you know, given all the circumstances. Um, our guys rose to a, a, a different level. Um, you know, Matherin had his most impactful game yet. And that's saying a lot because he's had a lot of them. Uh, McConnell was brilliant. Uh, Nemhard was was terrific. Um, Buddy Heald was uh, was terrific in the second half. And, you know, Jalen Smith's block on Jalen Brown was was another game-defining play that uh, – that, that kept our fans in, in, a, in a frenzied state throughout. Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Lakers Hotline. Yeah, coach, and uh, you know I didn't know this, but Mark Dighton, yeah, coach, and uh, you know I didn't know this, but Mark Dighton and Kevin Bowen, they were at the game last night. It's like two thirds of the show was there. So they got. Hey, and by the way, Rick is spot on about that Jalen Smith block. <laughs> that was unbelievable. In the, you know, late there in the third quarter, I thought that that just ignited the fan yeah. base throughout the. Uh, it there. really did. Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Lakers well, Hotline. Andy, Go Andy, ahead, Andy. And if you told me you were at the game, I would have been surprised. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, fair enough. You know, I, I might be out there on Wednesday. I might be out there on Wednesday. I was actually going to be out there on Friday, but I had a buddy cancel on me, so you know how that goes. Uh, Rick Carlisle with us. Uh, you know, to a man, it seemed like after the game, to a man, they said, hey, um, you know, this is not going to be like last year when Halliburton was injured. I assume you feel the same. Why Why do you guys feel that it won't be the same? If he, if he misses time here, it won't be like last season. Well, we have a, another year of experience. Uh, we have another year of, of resolve in the locker room. We've we've added some some quality pieces to our team with uh, veterans like Bruce Brown and, and Obi Toppin, and then our young guys. You know, um, you know Walker hasn't played a lot yet, um, and neither has Shepard. But but they both are doing great things in the G League, and they're both demonstrating on a pretty much daily basis that that they're ready if needed. So, you know, we've got, we've got more weapons, I think, um, more experience. And I think the the word is, is resolved now, you know, talk is cheap and, and, and we'll have to see, but, uh, it just, it just feels like this is a challenge that, um, our guys are looking forward to taking on. It's not one that we like, you know, missing a guy like Tyrese, but, um, we got a pretty we got a pretty tough group as you saw last night and uh, and going forward you know we'll, we'll do what we can to find ways to win. It's an outstanding environment last night and uh, quite the second half from McCarlisle's bunch. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Pacers twenty one and fifteen on the year. We'll conclude a five game homestand tomorrow against the Wizards. Coach, I want to go to the end there when Buddy Heald challenges the Jalen Brown baseline jumper. Initially called the foul on the floor, it gets overturned. Um, you know, I think NBA fans maybe are still getting used to like what challenge life is like and what does it exactly mean? What is your process like when it comes to challenges? And you see like Mike Weiner, everybody kind of scrambling to look behind the bench right when that play happens. Kind of walk us through, if you don't mind, uh, what you need to hear from your bench, your video department, uh, before you decide a challenge. Well, we have to have a pretty strong feeling that, um, we would win the challenge. That's one thing. Now, as to when you use it, um, <laughs> that's that's always the big question. And if there's a situation where, you know, there's a there's a foul on a three point play called uh, against you, and it's three free throws, um, you know, that's and, and you're and you're 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 pretty positive that it's going to get overturned. 
if you can correct a three-point mistake uh, early in the game, uh, that's that's such a big variance on the final score that there are many instances when when doing that is 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 the right thing. Now there are other things that go into this as well. So each each game, um, each quarter, there are two mandatory timeouts. Um, if no timeouts are called once you hit five minutes into the game, the first timeout automatically gets called on the first dead ball after five minutes, and it goes to the home team. Um, the second, the second one comes at the three-minute mark of the first quarter, or nine minutes in, and that one automatically goes to the road team. Now, if if either team, uh, now it's possible, and it's happened to us a lot this year. I take the first timeout because it's ours that's coming, um, and it kicks in automatically, or I take it. And then sometimes you need to take the second timeout before three three minutes comes, and then you know all of a sudden you're down to five, and your opponent has seven. And so, but here's, here's the, here's the thing to remember is that if either of the mandatory timeouts are in line to happen and you challenge that timeout is going to happen. That's part of the mandate of this. Um, You will not get that timeout back. Now, if you challenge um, a non-mandatory one, one that happens um, in the last three minutes of the game, that's a non-mandatory, or in in the quarter, that's a non-mandatory. That's one that you will get back. So that also carries weight as to whether um, a challenge is is the right thing to do at that particular time. And now that you have the ability to get um, a a challenge back and do a second one, it just you really have to be certain that that first one is the right one. Um, and then you have one, and you want to hold it till the end of the game if you can. You know, Boston took one last night pretty early in the game. They didn't, they weren't successful, so they didn't have anything at the end. And so, um, you know, you don't want to be in that position if you can avoid it. Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. And then at the very, very end of the game, after all of that, uh, Matherin gets the ball. Matherin fouled by Porzingis. What were you guys thinking there with that play? Hey, cleared out, let him create. And then I think after the game, you said, let's get him going downhill, which ultimately is what happened. And then he goes to the line for three. You had him miss the third one. I guess what was the thought process with everything there that happened in the final two seconds? Well, you know, the, the first uh, possession, um, you know, I think we had it six seconds or something like that. No, it's 3.2, I believe. Um, that was the one we were trying to get him a catch and get him downhill. They had a foul to give, so we called two plays. Uh, on the second play, you know, there was, you know, he was, he was involved, Buddy was involved, and Miles Turner was involved as well. Um, and in that case, you know, T.J. McConnell um, – knows knows the guy who's has probably has the greatest ability to rise up and and just create something and that and that is Matherin and so he gets it to him uh it it was it was tight space but that's exactly what he did drew a three point foul and then um you know he I didn't, we didn't say anything to him about missing the third until he had made the first two but with 0.6 seconds left, you know you're going to burn at least 0.3 seconds on a miss, and then that takes away the catch and shoot opportunity for a three. Right. And then, and then you know, at that point, you know, you, you, then it's just 
whether they can throw it up there and on a hail mary and get and get a tip, which is very difficult. Now, you know they are the best three point shooting team in basketball. They have the greatest ability to rise up over somebody. They got a seven four guy in Porzingis. They've got Jalen Brown who had a forty point night. They got um, White and they've got um, Holiday. And these guys are all great three point shooters. And then you know if if Pritchard runs around and gets open, he had made three or four in the game. So. Uh, decided to, to to go ahead and miss miss the third one, take the catch and shoot three out of the equation, because that's you know that's that's a three point shot. You could someone could get fouled. You could even foul a guy on a three, and he could make it, and you could actually you could actually end up losing the game. So um, it all worked out, fortunately. Um, but as you saw, you know they they threw it up there and did get a hand on it, and the ball got tipped and it was on the rim, and it and, <laughs> and fortunately fortunately for us it missed. But you know that was the kind of game it was. I mean, every time we had a chance to put you know real separation in the game, you're like we would miss a free throw, and then or or they would miss a free throw. You know, it was it was just one of those ones where whoever won the game was going to have to do it the hard way. Yeah, it was a great, great second half. Great close there from the Pacers last night. Uh, all right, Rick, last one again. Appreciate the time here, as always, on this Tuesday morning for our audience that just joined us. MRI coming later this morning for Tyrese Halliburton. Did you get any inkling last night on the severity of it, or is this strictly something you got to wait for the MRI? Well, you got to wait for the MRI. I mean, the fact that he did, he did walk on it under his own power uh, back to the locker room from the training room initially and then walked out of the building on his own power that's you know that's something that is encouraging um but we will have to see um it's you know <laughs> it's very strange you know it was almost exactly a year ago when he had the injury in New York um that was kind of a similar situation he kind of fell and slipped at the same time but um, we'll hope that the prognosis here is, is 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 a little at least at least a little better than that one. I think he missed 12 games on that one, um, and uh, but we'll find out more today. Certainly, fingers crossed across the state of Indiana and really the NBA world because it has been such a joy to watch Tyrese Halliburton play basketball this season. Uh, but uh, having said that, uh, darn impressive last night in your team's resolve in getting that victory. So congrats on that, coach. Fingers crossed later today, and uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Okay, thanks, guys. Be well. Rick Carlisle, Payless Liquors Hotline. It's good stuff. Yeah, as always, terrific stuff from the Pacers head coach. I uh, want to make sure I cover all the bases, so if I miss anything here, either of you feel free to jump in. Um, sounds like Tyrese Halliburton did walk under his own power from the locker room to the training room, uh, ice on the hamstring, uh, and then Rick just added there at the end, walked out of the building on his own power there so if you're looking for any I don't know any clues that you know maybe there's a little bit of hope that whatever it's not a grade three or a grade right. four hamstring tear I guess maybe that is some of it but as Rick just said in the MRI later this morning will confirm uh, exactly what we're looking at here you guys were there and again I tweeted this out it was it was grim him being carried off with and I know TJ McConnell put the towel on his head but the towel on his head, which makes you think, you know, hey, this is serious or he is becoming emotional. And is he becoming emotional because he knows it's serious? You know, athletes know you see it a lot in the NFL. You know, a guy goes down and he knows that uh, this is not just a simple injury. And I and I wonder I'm just saying this like I use the word grim if he walks off or gets the help of 
you know, one player, TJ McCarthy, someone help, kind of helps steady him. That is less grim. Would I have went to bed feeling the way that I did about the Halliburton injury? You know, and again, we'll just have to wait for the MRI. But those are the things I immediately thought was, boy, we immediately went zero to a hundred because of how everyone acted, including Halliburton after the injury. If they acted different, would we think differently about it? I don't know. It's odd that you know he slipped and fell. I think it was the opening possession of the season. It was one of the first possessions of the entire season. Yes, it was. I on remember. It's on the, the floor. It, it, exact same end. Yeah. And y- you just hold your breath. You're like, oh my gosh. You know, here he is. You know, fresh back from the Team USA stuff and. That happens in last night. He slipped on that floor again, that end of it, earlier in the game. Uh, Mark, it seemed like he sat there for that initial second and you know, didn't really kind of move. It, it was almost kind of stunned that mm-hmm. it had happened again. And then he grabbed, I think mm-hmm. he put both hands kinda underneath. He kind of laid back after that. That yeah. left hamstring. And then, you know, you just don't see guys get carried off the floor, you know, hardly at all, to Rick Carlisle's point. I actually thought there was a chance there they'd go the other way with him. They would go out the visitor tunnel, you know, just a shorter walk there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then once, well, who was it? James Johnson, Buddy Heald, and Jarris Walker? I want to say all of them I think so, were yeah. involved there. That's when you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. like, this is an awful sight. It, it was and- the carryoff that really, like, you could tell just the energy got sucked out of the, the arena because you're like, oh... This is more. This looks more serious than yeah initially thought, and that's when everybody was kind of like, "Oh no!" And then you're watching, and again, you know where Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan, Herb Simon was in the building last night, and Kelly Kroskoff and Ted, Woot, where they all sit, and all of a sudden you see Kevin and Chad walk into the tunnel. Scott Agnes had reported that Tyrese's agent was actually at the game. Um, you know, he all of a sudden goes in the tunnel, and now. I'm sitting there watching the start of the third quarter. I'm like, when are those people going yeah, back to yeah. their seats? You're kind of watching the game, but you're also <laughs> trying to peek down the tunnel. Yeah, and, that's and what you were doing. I you don't had to. think Chad Buchanan ever came back to his seat, albeit you know probably three minutes ago in the game. I, I, I kind of locked in on the game. I think Kevin Pritchard came back at some point in the fourth quarter. So, uh, again, we will await later today uh, any results on that. Uh, what did he say? 12 games? Halliburton missed last year. Yeah, and he hopes it's not that. That so, was the hope there. They had lost nine they, of ten. I mean, this schedule with is with that game. The schedule with those games last. The year. schedule's ridiculous, and they they have done such. And I know it's ebbs and flows to a season. They have done such a good job, KB, of of steadying their season, winning six in a row, splitting the Boston series, uh, you know, the the home-home series here over three days to get to seven out of eight wins and really do more than, I mean, today, it, you know, if Halliburton you know, plays great and they win last night, let's say the game works out basically how it did, but Halliburton has his 20 points and, you know, 14 assists and a couple steals and a couple rebounds, you know, we would have the conversation of, Coach, you, you not only steadied your season, Season, but but hell, you're you're 21 and 15 on the season. You're six games over 500, and that's that's great going into a six game road trip in this January schedule. So they have one more at home on Wednesday with Washington. Let me ask you, Washington's at home. I think even though you've lost to them, you need to win that game, and then you do have Utah on the road and Portland on the road. If I gave you three out of the next seven, yes. <laughs> you, you absolutely sign oh, yeah. up like yeah. that. That that's. Oh, I hate to say that's the objective, but 
That's a little bit of the objective at that point. You would be 24 and 19 coming home to Denver and Philly. And boy, that's going to be difficult. Denver, Philly, Phoenix, right in a row at home at the end of January. Wow. Trying to count right now. I think I got it here. I believe it's 20 games till the All-Star break. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, that's uh, awful radio if I count that out loud. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, let's just play out the hypothetical. Let's say he misses all 20. Again, I, I have no idea, but let's just play it out because it's easy to do. I mean, hell, Andy, I'd sign up for eight of 20. Oh, eight and 12? 100%. Right I mean, like, it, 100%. And, and if you look at just this year's results, again, last year you lost nine of your first 10 when he got hurt in New York. If you look at this year's results, I'm trying to think. Boston lost by 50 earlier this year when he was out. The Minnesota game, most part, you were never really in that game, right? I, that was a Saturday night game. That was like Colts Steelers. Yeah, I didn't really pay yeah, one, a ton of attention. One twenty-seven, one hundred nine. So not really in. Yeah. Now, granted, that's a great team on the second night of a back. It was close at halftime, third quarter. Minnesota puts you away. Now yeah. you won in Miami. Yes, you did without him. That it's was a, big a great win. win. And I agree with Rick Carlisle. I mean. That second half last night, I could not believe they got back into that game and then obviously closed it out there. So there is, it's a small sample size, but there's been better moments without him this season. But I just think it'd be such a disservice to him to act like with probably the hardest stretch schedule wise coming up here before the All Star break to expect anything better than 500. Again, you are about to start your Western Conference road trip coming up here. That's at Denver, at Utah, at Sacramento, at Portland, at Phoenix. Then the home game's right after that. Denver, Philly, Phoenix. Then you close out the month at Boston. You flip the calendar over to February. At New York, home to Golden State. At New York as well. Yeah, if you said he's missing 20 and I could sign up for 8 of the 20, I'd say hell yeah. Where I feel bad for him, and I know ah, it's professional athletes, they make a lot of money and everything, and I I totally get it. Where I feel bad for him is... You know, coming up in February, the All Star Game, the All Star Week, own city. It, it was it was going to be all about him, and and to a certain extent, it's still May. Like it, the the one thing I'm wondering if we're going to have to talk about. KB is is if he's if he's about ready to go around then no, does no, he play no, in the no, All Star yeah, game? Well, no. the only reason I bring it up is it happened with Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> it happened with Melo. Yeah, this is a number of years ago in New York. It ha- it happened with him coming off an injury, playing in the All Star game. I would I would prefer not to have to go down that road because I think you and I probably feel the same about that. But I guess I just feel bad that you know he was going to be a starter. He was going to be throwing alley oops to you know, fill in the blank other all-stars on his team. And now the chance of that happening in February has went down quite a bit. I mean, that might not be the case. He might be out a week and a half, works his way back. Uh, we start talking about, you know, mid, late January, he's good to go. So by February, he's playing some basketball. But, you know, uh, we understand also how hamstrings can go. I mean, we just saw one with Jelani Woods. He missed the entire season, been out six months with it. Yeah, obviously those can be really, really tricky. I uh, certainly agree with Rick Carlisle on that Jalen Smith block late third quarter there. That was outstanding. I mean, just really ignited the crowd and uh, terrific atmosphere, I thought, especially for a Monday night there. Pacers and Celtics last night, 133-131. If you missed that, that'll be up on the podcast. We'll, we'll clip out uh, Rick's answer uh, on, uh, I believe Mark actually already has done that. We'll clip that out. Make sure we play that. Yeah, do you, do you want it now on the checkdown? We can do that. Yeah, we let, got the turnaround, yeah, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Go ahead and lead off the checkdown, Andy.
Yeah, Pacers winners last night, 133-131. Quite the win over the Celtics, 7 of 8 for the Indiana Pacers. Wizards coming up on Wednesday. One thing that we did talk about with Carlisle was the injury to Halliburton. I thought he had a great answer. It's about 20-25 minutes ago. He gave us this answer on just everything that went into last night. Well, it's very, very scary uh, when you get it, have it when you see your your best player get carried off the floor. I mean, th- this was not <laughs> You know, a guy with his arms around people's shoulders just limping. He was literally carried by James Johnson, and there was one other player. And, um, you know, that that has a very somber, uh, sombering effect on everyone, the crowd, the team. Um, there were, three, I think, three or four minutes to go in the first half. Um, when we got in at halftime, uh, I, was, I was told that, he had walked on his own power from the training room into the locker room and he had ice on his um, left hamstring. And so the fact that his teammates had seen him walk under his own power um, was, was, was uplifting. And then uh, when the coaches got in, um, you know, he was, he was sitting in his seat and uh, he had his, he had his, um, his hands, you know, uh, over his face and his, his head was down. He was he's disappointed that he couldn't be out there, uh, you know, fighting with his teammates. I think that was the the, the major feeling. Again, that's Rick Carlisle with us a little bit earlier here in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll have that full podcast up on our uh, page. MRI coming later this morning for Tyrese Halliburton. Does appear like at least some positive signs and that he was walking uh, under his own power. He also walked out of the building last night under his own power, Rick added later in the interview. So, again, uh, MRI coming later this morning for They showed his family and his girlfriend. Who do you think his girlfriend, uh, his family, they were all texting? Who do you think they were texting? I know. I was trying to read that, too. I'm like, wait, the family's still in the seats. Is that a good sign? Uh, yeah, is that a bad sign? You guys were journalists. You guys were there. You were working last night. You fell out your timesheet. You're working like that wasn't. I was hoping to multitask with the national title, and instead I'm multitasking. <laughs> is Chad Buchanan getting popcorn? Is he going to come back in the oh, season? I was being asked, can we get more Dippin' Dots? That's what I was being asked. Yeah, a little bit different there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Remember Dippin' Dots? They they were the, the ice cream of the future. They still are. They're still say. the ice cream of the future. Is that I, their marketing slogan? I think for kids, I love some Dippin' Dots. Outstanding on that. Uh, all right, tonight, college basketball-wise, it's a doubleheader on Peacock. Indiana at Rutgers coming up. <laughs> At 7 o'clock, and then the second game will be Purdue at Nebraska. It goes without saying when Indiana fans here at Rutgers under Steve Peichel. Honestly, if they score 55, they should jump and show Walter Fountain tonight to celebrate that one. Uh, Andy, Rutgers is not good, though. Uh, Indiana favor, or excuse me, Indiana just a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Rutgers has won two games in the last month, Long Island Duh. and Stonehill. And that was a one-point win over Stonehill. <laughs> they outlasted Stonehill. Again, for my good friend uh, Alex Bozich at Inside the Hall, the point totals in the loss the last four times Indiana has went to Rutgers. 58-50-63-48. They've never scored more than 65 points against Steve Peichel at Rutgers. How about that? Yeah, it has not been good. Typical Rutgers fashion. They are good on defense, awful on offense. They're 8-6 and six on the year. So even the Rutgers team we've seen kind of make the tournament a couple times here in recent years. We have not seen that this season. Speaking of making the tournament, Nebraska trying to do that. Purdue is a seven and a half point favorite in that one. It was a great game last year in Lincoln. Nebraska, one of the very few teams to limit Zach Eady last season. Eady played 43 minutes 
in that overtime win in Lincoln. He had just 11 points and five turnovers. So uh, does Fred Hoiberg have some whatever secret sauce for it? Uh, I'd be curious to see how Zach Eady plays tonight. Again, that is the late one. That's the 9 o'clock tip. Yeah, let's do some football here to wrap things up on your check down. Michigan winners, they win the college football playoff national title last night, 34-13, your final. Uh, Michael Penix, not a great game for him, uh, was battling injuries and everything else. Threw a couple interceptions, just didn't look like himself. Missed a couple uh, big, easy throws. Easy, I shouldn't say big throws, easy throws uh, for him. So Michigan undefeated, 15-0 on the season, 34-13. Quickly, Colts assistant GM Ed Dodds, uh, the Raiders have requested to interview him and then players and coaches speaking with the media yesterday some things I found interesting here's Zaire Franklin on you know the way he felt when the season came to an end on Saturday well hold on a minute he threw a curveball there you go shell shocked to be honest I mean I hadn't thought about it hadn't even seen it and and you know now it's over uh it's tough to be honest with you. Uh, you got plans and you got goals, you got expectations, and you came up short. And that's just the reality of the situation. Band-aid on a bullet hole. That was another Ooh. line that Zaire Franklin had yesterday. I think it's going to continue to sting, especially Saturday at 4.30, Andy, when Houston kicks off with Cleveland and gets the wild card schedule underway. That should be inside of Lucas Oil Stadium if you want to look at it from uh, not finishing off that one on Saturday night. You see CJ Stroud just roaming around the stadium yesterday like, yeah, national championship here, wild card game yeah, here. Yeah, saw CJ mm-hmm. Stroud appearing <laughs> on Pat McAfee's show last night. Yeah, down there in Houston, I should say yesterday afternoon. So again, the NFL playoff schedule coming up for Saturday. It'll be Houston and Cleveland. That is the first game. Then exclusively on Peacock Saturday night, that is Chiefs and Dolphins, the triple header. Sunday will be Steelers and Bills at 1-1. Then the 4.30 game will be Jordan Love and Dak Prescott. That is Cowboys and Packers from Dallas. And then I think probably the marquee game of the weekend, uh, that'll be Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit. That is Sunday night football, and we'll close things out on Monday with the Manning cast. That will be a banged-up Philadelphia Eagles team, dislocated middle finger on the throwing hand of Jalen Hurts going up against Todd Bowles and the Bucks. I have no idea. Turn your mic on. I have so. no idea what to make of that. Oh, game. me, me Eagles, Bucks, no clue. That that's the game. That's the game that Two I that I can't even call for Philly on the road. Listen, is that right? Yeah, that's right. It, at least it was yesterday when we were doing uh, we're you know doing the checkdown. I'm I'm all in on Tampa Bay, but yeah, I I still just feel like Philly's gonna have enough uh, to win that game. One quick thing on the Dolphins and Chiefs being on Peacock. There has been. Like consistent whining o- over it. Are you guys? Do you guys have a strong take on this? I guess I just feel like you know the NFL doing this. We've done it with Amazon in the Thursday games a couple different times. The NFL's always made their games difficult to get. If the game's not on your local CBS or Fox or affiliate, or if it's you know not one of the primetime games, you're having to pay three hundred dollars, or you used to have to pay a two year deal with Directv to be able to get the NFL games. It's like, you know that these games have never been easy to get. And even fans around here know. You know, Indiana and Purdue have been used for Peacock. They've been used when the Big Ten Network launched over a decade ago. They've been used uh, on Big Ten Network Plus. I followed Kentucky basketball. Kentucky basketball was used on the SEC Network and the SEC Network Plus uh, to, you know, you know for, for those subscribers. I understand that people don't like it, but... 
this is what we've done for the last like 15 years in sports is have to sign on to pay more money to watch our teams play. I think we've, yeah, just I reached, we've reached streaming service exha- exhaustion where everybody's like, wait, where is this game? I don't have it. Now I have to find a free trial or do this or do that. Hope my internet doesn't, you know, put me into buffering hell. It's just, it's like enough's enough, I think. People the, have reached the peak of like, okay, enough. I, I would say the NFL of all the leagues, though, they've held on the longest to let's have. be traditional of you turn on your TV Sunday at 1 or 4, you know where you're going. Now, there are some of these games, obviously Thursday night, to your point about Amazon, and then, of course, Saturday night, you'll get the one game on Peacock. But again, for the most part, you know, 98% of their games all season long, you still know where you're going. I, maybe not 98% with all the Thursday night games, but a high, high percentage of that. Whereas right now with college basketball, if you're a fan of Indiana or Purdue, remember we did this exercise at the start of the year, I believe it was nine different channels or streaming services it was. you needed yeah. to have to watch Indiana or Purdue play their entire schedule this season. Part of me has just kind of said... Albeit I don't love it, but welcome to 2024. I, I guess, you know, I've I've been out of my area so much watching, you know, trying to watch Giants games that, that you know, you're a Colts fan and you live in this area. Well, it's probably a good you, thing they no, make well, you it is, difficult but you guys to watch the Giants. You guys trying not, to watch Giants games sounds like you need no, to be but you committed guys, to a cycle. I guess here's my point. You guys have never, people who are displaced. Sure. I, totally get You that. guys don't, I mean, with the Colts and, you know, local, if you're, if you're a Bengals fan, you're living around Cincinnati, whatever it may be, you don't have to go through that struggle. And, you know, you can't sign up when you're a kid. You can't sign your parents up for two years of direct TV and their crappy internet. Right. <laughs> I mean, you just, you just can't do it. So, I mean, to me... I think the NFL has made it more difficult almost than, than everyone else for years because they were tied to not even an a la carte service. I can't even go pay for a single game. I got to go pay for a service that I may not want. Um, I don't know. And we can be done with that. But I just, there was so much whining and crying about it. I'm like, come on. You got Peacock. Sign up for the free deal and watch a damn game. To watch Life in Hell, the New York Giants. <laughs> that is Andy Sweeney. I need to see Daniel Jones, damn it. And his life there. Colts at Giants next year. Two trips to that MetLife turf. Is that worrisome? No, yes. No, yes, it's worrisome. worrisome. It's it's at Jets. The, play, at Giants? the players should absolutely be worried about it. I, I, I pray we don't have to talk about that. I know. I, I'm, uh, ser- I, I, I'm serious because I'm usually not like a big injury guy or no, like, you know, no, super it's worrisome about no, you it. You should but, be worried. Oof, uh, yeah. Don't love that. Uh, okay, on the other side, Colts locker room clean out yesterday. Some interesting comments. Also from Michael Pittman Jr. We'll touch on that. Bob Kravitz joins us in less than... Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 
Appreciate Rick Carlisle joining us. We'll have that up on the podcast center here. 1075thefan.com. Great stuff for him. Again, MRI uh, coming up here at some point at any moment. We get any news here on the uh, the future, next few weeks, month, whatever it may be. Next few days, perhaps, with Tyrese Halliburton. We'll dive into that. But again, if you miss Rick Carlisle, good stuff. At the end of the game, the feeling uh, at you know halftime when you're down nine, you come out, you make the big run, you get back in it, you win at the end. A great win last night for the Pacers. And... And, you know, it's been odd. Mark and I have had to console Kevin Bowen during the last few breaks with Tiger and Nike splitting up. Mm-hmm. So I know that's a big deal to you and our condolences to you and yours. I, it Bowen is it's hard swaddling you, Kevin. It's very it really, difficult. You're, you're, you're much taller than I am. It, it, it's got to be the most iconic athlete brand. Maybe Jordan would be the only other one you throw there, right? Well, oh, this is the biggest breakup. I thought you because it's obviously second to Jordan. Right, yeah, right, right. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, but second like, I mean, place would be second place. Sunday red. Oh, I know. See, Nike look at, swoosh. Look at it. I knew you'd love that. And I didn't do enough digging. I don't what know was... if the tears are happy tears thinking back <laughs> on those memories or tears of sadness. I didn't do enough digging. What was the reason for the breakup? Was it just the deal ended or they just wanted to go their separate ways? Yeah, Nike has been downgrading, for lack of a right. better term, in the golf world. Equipment, they stopped. Boy, it's got to years over a handful of yeah, years ago, it's, it's I would se- think. It's several years ago they stopped all that stuff. And right. honestly, I feel like you've had other golf manufacturers hire Nike people and or people that have built stuff for Tiger and said, all right, let's just put a different label, but make sure the specs are all the same. But I mean, hell, when he plays at Riviera here in a couple of weeks, which I love that at the bottom of the of the release from Tiger yesterday, see you in LA. I'm like, hell yeah, here we go. What's uh, he going to be wearing? What the hell is the man going to wear? Remember when he got initial I mean, trouble? He looks like Victor Hovland. I'm going to be like, what in the world's going on? Remember when Powerade, when he had all the affair stuff, like was it was his Powerade or Gatorade cut him off, and like he, when he came back, he had a, he had a brand new drink, and it was draped all over everything oh, that he was. Monster was, was, was it? Think, Monster th- the big brand on I his think golf it, bag? I think it was Monster. I really think it was, which I don't see when I see Tiger Woods, I don't think of monster but whatever. You well, have, Here comes Tiger and his haggard I think slash. he's been monstrous maybe off the course maybe. if you catch my drift there. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Monster on the field, monster, Michael Pittman Jr. Monster right? on the field. Uh, fantastic season and now you know, come on, I think besides I think Gus Bradley right now is a conversation and still that fourth down call but I think as we go here, especially closer to draft, you know, free agency really heats up. Michael Pittman who he visits, who he talks to, if he's back, the number that's attached to him is going to be a conversation around here. Maybe the top one. I think he's back. Um, I don't know how it'll look. It could look different. Hell, it could look like a franchise tag for the first time in 11 years since Pat McAfee in 2013 when Pat was none too pleased with Ryan Grigson for slapping that tag on him. Uh, But I think he is back. Um, I know the comments yesterday from Michael Pittman Jr., people were... Oh, boy, that didn't sound great. I didn't get that same impression listening to him. I think Michael Pittman Jr. is really honest. And um, I think he has a lot of value to Chris Ballard. And that's a really elementary statement, Andy, but I think it's a really important statement. Like, we know how stringent with free agent value Chris Ballard is. And I think he has been a huge, huge fan of Michael Pittman Jr. I think Shane Steichen is also a fan. And when you talk value, there is an element of, Michael Pittman Jr. just means more to the Colts than probably any other team in the league. Bingo. Bingo. Who are your outside wideouts with Michael Pittman? Okay, do you want to pop in the Atlanta film? We all want to sit, sit around the fire and watch that Atlanta game again when it was just Alec Pierce? Because Josh Downs is not your outside wideout. Again, Downs is more of the inside, more of the slot guy. Um, so I think he brings a ton of important value. And don't think for one second 
just because you slap that tag on him for $23 million, or you potentially give him a long-term deal off of that, that means that all of a sudden you've wiped your hands clean right. of the wide receiver position moving forward. No, that is moves. not true at all, but I think Michael Pittman Jr. will be back. At this point, I would be a little bit surprised if he is not back. Again, you can give him the tag, and he can't do anything. Now, you could get into a, hey, I'm going to hold out a little bit till the long-term deal, and whatever. I might not show up for the first week of training camp. And, you know, Pittman had the quote that I think was pretty eye-popping to a lot of people of, you know, Jonathan Taylor's blueprint seemed to work. Uh, and, and I know a lot of people were kind of taken aback by that. He's not wrong, and, you know, part of that is business, and part of that is probably being the son of a NFL running back like Michael Pittman Jr. is. Uh, but I think he will be back, Andy. I can't imagine if we sat in here in the conversation of Michael Pittman going, uh, going, like even going elsewhere. Uh, at least right now, I think he gets the tag, and I think he gets the tag, and they can work something out. But I think there is a, I think I listen. I, I think if this weren't Chris Ballard in the Colts, that you might say, hey, they're going to use the tag on him. Does that make sense? Like it, the Colts don't do it. And the Colts and Chris Ballard specifically doesn't use that uh, weapon, if you will, in his arsenal. And because of that, that's what makes me think if they do give him the tag, they then work, they go work something out. You know, you mentioned this is a bad analogy. We always have Matt Taylor on here every Friday at nine o'clock for bad analogies. I guess mine would be like, you know, if, if you're driving around a car that you've had for especially a number of years and it's got some mileage on it, you ain't going to get anything back if you try to trade that in. It's worth more to you to keep that car working right. and to get you place to place. And there's a little bit of that with Michael Pittman, but I don't want to make it sound like he's just any other wide receiver because he's not. But what he is, and I know we've talked about Coach Venturi a couple times. He talked about this last night as well in the Colts roundtable is his value is and this is me talking his value is 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 high but it's also not top top peak peak high because he does have some holes in his game, right? I mean, he does, and that's, you know, he's not he's not a deep threat. His yards per catch is not relatively high. He's more of like a tight end uh, in that respect. And, you know, you nice amount of touchdowns with four this year. So those are things that may, quote-unquote, be used against him, but his value to this team is high. And what I think he is as well, Kevin, is he's, you know, for being the top option, he has showed that he can do that. But imagine if you put another like very impactful wide receiver next to how solid Pittman is. Not totally in the slot, but you know, inside, catching everything, being dependable, being that guy. And then you put someone who is shiftier, quicker, faster, all of those things around him. I see him both ways. Hey, he can be your top option. That's fine. We can roll into next season and or, boy, if you put someone else around him, I think it'd even make Pittman like better, if that makes sense. It, it would it would show off more of, of what he can actually do. Yeah, and again, when I talk about the value he brings to you as the Indianapolis Colts, I just laid out it's Alec Pierce and nobody. And, you know, right or wrong through two years, no one can sit here with confidence and act like Alec Pierce can be some number one wideout as an outside guy. Um, but it's also supporting the young quarterback. And I know they've been playing the commercial because I heard it on the way in of, to me, the biggest storyline of this past season was the development of Anthony Richardson. To me, the biggest storyline of this offseason is the support 
of Anthony Richardson. And I'm looking at right now, Andy, the leading receivers in the NFL from this past season. And if you look at this entire list, DeAndre Hopkins at 21, that's where you've got to get to. So if you look at the first 20 names, Tyreek Hill, CeeDee Lamb, uh, St. Brown, Puka Nakua, A.J. Brown, et cetera, et cetera, you look at all these names, all the way to number 20, every single one of them either drafted or acquired via trade. These dudes don't appear in free agency. They don't. Yes, you can find complimentary pieces, and you can bolster your group, and you can still support a little bit. And sure, you know Hopkins, you know obviously had a nice season with uh, with Tennessee, but uh, the abundance of these guys a hitting the open market and then b producing at a new home via free agency just it doesn't happen in today's NFL. So um, again, for value based off the depth chart and the lack of guys that you have, like for example, and and I don't agree with this, but let me just play out this hypothetical. If Julian Blackman were to walk in free agency, if the Colts were to say, hey, Julian Blackman, we're going to let you go, there could be some thought, and I know Saturday night is no (laughs) ringing endorsement of it, but there could be some thought of, we want to see more of Nick Cross, or we feel like, you know, he's ready to blossom. And again, I don't agree with this, but I'm just explaining a hypothetical here. You can't say that at Whiteout about anybody. Oh, you would feel hopeless. And if it's just Pierce then Anthony Richardson might as well, you know, they might as well put a towel over his head like Tyrus Halberton from from last night. You, you, there's no support for him. So, again, in your own building value, Michael Pittman Jr. checks that box, wide-out depth chart, and or support for the young the, and experienced quarterback. The biggest issue that I have, and boy, it is an odd spot. We need to take a break here. It's 8.50, 10 minutes. Bob Kravitz going to join us. The spot where I think Colts fans could be the most frustrated is how you looked offensively not having Michael Pittman Jr. in that Atlanta game. It showed you the lack of wide receiver and the lack of wide receiver depth. And and I'll say that it should bother you, the spot where Chris Ballard was the luckiest this season. And there was bad luck, okay? JT missed a bunch of games. Uh, what happened with Anthony Richardson, Brain Smith missing a bunch of games. Where he got luckiest is... He didn't have a wide receiver go down for a month and a half. Uh, I mean, because they had, they had nobody there. And then at the end of the year, you're, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, who didn't have a great season, he's suspended in missing the final three weeks of the season. I know you had a little bit of that with Downs, middle of the year. You won some games. You know, New England, he was limited, I think. Or maybe he was out in that game. The next game, he was limited. Um, but for the most part, those guys were available. And if they would have been a tick less available, you would not have been in position to make the postseason in the final week. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Bob Kravitz joins us in less than 10. 
Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, uh, we need to give away. We have two tickets to give away, or do we have four to the Indy Golf Expo coming up uh, later this month? Is that a pair, Mark, for the pop quiz all this week? Pair right. for the pop quiz this week. We didn't give any away yesterday, so technically. So we, we can do. make it up oh. if we want. So there you go. Right. Right. You're, gonna like be, you're gonna be out there uh, practicing your before. golf swing. It is, okay. Yeah, it is okay. a um, it is a good uh, time. I'm trying to think get of, some new shoes or something. Is it a good place for Rosie Bowen to run around? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Might not be the worst place. Let me ask you this: Well, Bob Kravitz coming up here in about five minutes. A busy day for Bob Kravitz around here on the fan. Question I have for you: Let's remove Shane Steich and just 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 move him aside, okay? Uh, if the Colts were looking for a, a, a head coach this year, if that was the conversation, Ooh. any Ooh. names that would be out there well, that, it, that it, like immediately get you going, turn you on a little yeah. bit? I mean, last year I was all about D'Amico Ryan. Okay. Obviously realized the Houston connection. That was probably unrealistic. The other name I kept on coming back to was, again, I, I cited on the offensive side of the ball, um, was Brian Callahan, the OC okay. in yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, I believe I see Carolina put in a, a request to interview him. Um, and I know a lot of people internally for the Colts, they love them some Raheem Morris. Loved. Um, so that is another name that I would probably throw there. So yeah, Callahan and Morris, if I'm thinking back to last year's list. And I'll be curious to see, uh, is this another chance for Dan Quinn? You know, he was a really popular name. Remember when he kind of took his name out of the runnings? Oh yeah. Last year. Well, they've, that give, was, they've given him some raises. That was a little unexpected. That would that tur- Dan Quinn wouldn't turn you on, though. Let's just be honest. No, He's not an offensive not. guy. And, and I'm not a Harbaugh either. I think Harbaugh will just wear a franchise out, you know, maybe in the three- to four-year window, especially with Justin oh, I, Herbert. I love Harbaugh. I maybe agree with you're you. you're going to get I some agree. success, but I don't think the staying power is necessarily there. Uh, ben Johnson, the Lions uh, OC, is that know. a guy you like? You're not a Ben Johnson guy. I'm surprised yeah, by that. I mean, I think offensive line, but I don't know, rising to a head coaching spot. I get Arthur Smith vibes from him. Do you think Eric Bieniemy gets a job this time around, or you think we've we've or he's just missed the boat, or the NFL's missed the boat on him? Yeah. Washington's a cesspool. I, I mean, it is. I, I mean, Sam Howell had a you know yardage wise put up uh, put up a bunch of yards. They don't win games. Yeah, they don't win games. They're Washington. They never win games. I mean, hell, are they going to hire him to be the head coach? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just so want to five. Is it five openings? Raiders, right Chargers, now, yeah. Panthers, Commanders, and oh, I'm missing. Uh, I think that's got to be it. I'd have to. We got to go to break. I'd have to pull that out. You're going to get one or two surprises here. You're just going to. Someone's going to lose. Someone's going to do some stupid in the playoffs, or it's going to be a surprise. Someone becomes available. Harbaugh's available. Belichick's available, and someone fires their coach. It's going to happen. Bob Kravitz joins us next. All right, 9 o'clock hour, broadcasting in the drivehubler.com studios. KB and Andy, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dighton hanging out with you. Appreciate you being uh, having us part of your day. Another hour to go if you miss any of the show, including 8 o'clock hour. Great conversation, as always, every Tuesday with Pacers head coach Rick Carlisle. Uh, we'll actually play some sound from Carlisle. We'll do that for Bob Kravitz here in just a few moments. Again, 1075thefan.com. KB's got some articles. I'll my final power rankings of the year all coming up on the website. Uh, anything to add? Have you seen anything over there on Twitter? Tyrese Halliburton MRI later today. And basically, Kevin, that's what we do. We sit and we wait and we see what the severity of this thing is going to be. Pretty much. Wait for the Woj bomb. Obviously Oof. tonight, again, Indiana Purdue, both on Peacock, 7 o'clock and 9. So that'll be a back-to-back a week ahead of Indiana Purdue down in Bloomington for their first matchup. But obviously the Tyrese Halliburton news 
dominating the storylines here on this Tuesday morning. All right, so let's get him going. Payless Liquors Hotline. Bob Kravitz joins us here on the show. You can check him out, bobkravitz.com. Bob, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Morning, gentlemen. I'm doing fine. All right, well, let's dive into it. We want to play some sound for you. We're going to be very professional here to kick things off. About an hour ago, we had Rick Carlisle on, and obviously the discussion started out immediately. Hey, uh, everything around Tyrese Halliburton. It's about a minute or so. Take a listen. Here was the, uh, the head coach of the Indiana Pacers. Well, it's very, very scary uh, when you get it, have it, when you see your, your best player get carried off the floor. I mean, th- this was not... <laughs> You know, a guy with his arms around people's shoulders just limping. He was literally carried by James Johnson, and there was one other player. And, um, you know, that that has a very som- uh, sombering effect on everyone, the crowd, the team. Um, there were, three, I think, three or four minutes to go in the first half. Um, when we got in at halftime, uh, I, was, I was told that, he had walked on his own power from the training room into the locker room and he had ice on his um, left hamstring. And so the fact that his teammates had seen him walk under his own power um, was, was, was uplifting. And then uh, when the coaches got in, um, you know, he was, he was sitting in his seat and uh, he had his, he had his, um, his hands, you know, uh, over his face and his, his head was down. He was he's disappointed that he couldn't be out there, uh, you know, fighting with his teammates. I think that was the the, the major feeling. All right, so there's just about a minute or so of uh, kind of the scene there with Halliburton leaves the floor. And, Bob, I I called it – it was a grim look last night with being carried off the towel over the head. Obviously, didn't come back into the game or the bench. Uh, You've seen a lot of injuries uh, in your time here covering sports in Indianapolis. What did you make of last night as we all sit here and wait for this MRI? Well, I I was watching the national title game. And I flipped over to, to Bally. It was working for a change. <laughs> and, uh, and I see them carrying somebody off. I'm like, what the hell? And then I see it's Halliburton. And the first thing I thought was, we just can't have nice things. I mean, it happened to Oladipo. It happened to Paul George. To a certain degree, it happened to Danny Granger. You know, what, what is it about this place? But it sounds like it's not going to be too awful. Uh, I mean, he could be out a month. He could be out two weeks. Who the hell knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, and the, 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 the toughest part of the schedule is coming up. So, you know, you just hope that they would be able to go, you know, say, you know, 9 and 11, 8 and 12 in these next 20 games. Bob, when you saw what, um, and I guess I'm putting the Halliburton injury just a little bit on the back burner for a second. You saw New York's trade for OG Ananobi. You hear the continued rumors of Pascal Siakam. Is that something you wish, I guess, the Pacers maybe would have explored more or tried to get done with OG's standpoint? Or do you like the idea of Pascal Siakam here in Indiana? I like Pascal Siakam. The the issue, of course, is will would he be a rental? And, you know, you don't want to give up yeah, a guy like, say, Ben Matherin or somebody like that for a rental. Um, you know, uh, he, obviously he's going to the final year of his deal. Uh, would he be willing to to stay in Indiana? I mean, that's, some, that's all things they need to determine 
before they make any kind of a move. But uh, there's certainly a risk there. Bob Kravitz with us here. BobKravitz.com. Yeah, and on top of it, you know, if Hella burns out for a while and they lose some games, what does that do to the trade deadline? All these stories are things that we're going to watch again. We just sit around here, Bob, and we're just waiting uh, for the MRI. Well, you wrote about it on your site, BobKravitz.com. Obviously, the end of the season for the Colts. Boy, what a heartbreaker. Tons of storylines. So I'll try to lead you a couple different ways. I guess, what was uh, what was your thought on the fourth down call? And then just the, boy, just a sad ending to what had been really a fun, an up-and-down season, but a fun season for Colts fans. Yeah, I I, I kind of toe the line with Kevin and a lot of other folks in town. Um, I don't understand. You know, I believe in players, not plays, when when it comes to that point in the game. And, well, I, I want to see Jonathan Taylor out there. You know, whether you run him up the middle or around the end or do something else, you know, I just don't like the idea – of putting the entire the fate of the entire season in the unsteady hands of uh, Gardner Minshew, who really did not play well at all uh, the other day, uh, and Tyler Goodson, who I just my heart went out to the guy. I mean, he was he, he was you know crying in the locker room. I felt terrible for the guy, but he handled it with uh, great class and uh, honesty. But uh, yeah, I, I think in a situation like that, even though he was definitely hurting and you could tell that he had a trouble he had trouble with changes in direction, uh, I would have liked to have seen their best player out there, even in a diminished state. Yeah, Bob Kravitz is with us here, BobKravitz.com, where you can find his latest. Bob, I think we're supposed to hear from Chris Ballard later this week at his season-ending presser. What is your biggest Ballard-related question entering the 2024 offseason? Well, two things. What are you going to do about the secondary? Uh, where, you know, you've got, you know, Kenny Moore is up, uh, Julian Blackman's up, you know, contractually. Uh, what are they going to do there? He's not going to answer. Uh, and how, how do they find Anthony Richardson some help on the outside? Uh, I've seen two years of Alec Pierce. I know everybody thinks I hate the guy. Uh, I don't hate the guy. I just don't know that he can play. Um, so, you know, I mean, he, he really hasn't done much in the two years he's been here. And they need a tight end. You know, they've got about 12 of them on the roster, and none of them are terribly good. Uh, I thought Will Mallory started to show a little something uh, in the last couple of games of the year. But, um you know, they don't have anybody who's going to make you forget Jack Doyle. On the Gus Bradley front, Bob, I'm a little, I guess, confused. I don't know, maybe it's a Ballard question. But, you know, when you go back to the Matt Eberflus era, remember Ballard kind of like hired Eberflus for Josh McDaniels. Right. And then, you know, Frank Reich retains Matt Eberflus. And that, you know, era plays out. And then with Gus Bradley, you know, again, Frank Reich hired him and then Shane Steichen is retaining him. Like you haven't had a head coach hire a defensive coordinator here in quite some time. So I say all of that to ask you, do you think the Gus Bradley decision is Chris Ballard's or do you Mm. think it's Shane Steichen's? Uh, I think it's Steichen's. Uh, I really do. I, I think that, you know, it's who he's comfortable with, who he has faith in, you know, people talk about, uh, 
how he was a Reich's guy, but these guys worked together for four years with the Chargers. So there is that relationship there. There is that history there. Um, look, I thought he had to spend the entire year protecting against that secondary. And, you know, people are like, well, he doesn't blitz, he doesn't blitz. And, and he's never been a big blitz guy. But, uh, you know, you're talking about a guy who coached the Legion of Boom in, uh, in Seattle. This ain't no Legion. This is a Legion of Doom. You know, this, this is not uh, that. So uh, I thought that he was forced to rush for most of the year. Uh, he couldn't blitz. And, look, they were, they were kind of uh, thin in the secondary heading into the season, and then all the stuff happened, you know, with Isaiah Rogers and uh, Dallas Flowers and this, that, and the other thing. So I just thought he had a very weak, Secondary, and I think that's more on Ballard than it is on uh, on, on uh, Gus Bradley. Bob Kravitz with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, you wrote on BobKravitz.com. Bring back Pittman, Minshew, and as we're talking here, Gus Bradley. Why on all three? And ultimately, an early prediction: Who do you think will be back next season? Well, I think Pittman for sure. Uh, it certainly sounded yesterday. It was yesterday, I think. Uh, it certainly sounds like uh, Bradley will be back. Minshew's going to see what his options are. You know, I, I think in, in his heart of hearts, he thinks of himself as a starter, and he should. Um, I don't think he's a good starter. I think he'd probably be, you know, somewhere in the bottom third, bottom quarter uh, quartile as Jim Irsay would say. But, uh, you know, I, I look, Pittman, if they got a franchise, and they'll franchise him. Will, will he sit out a little bit? Probably. You know, he, he learned from the best. He learned from Jonathan Taylor and his uh, hold-in. But uh, I think Pittman's back. I think Bradley is back. And Minshew, I think, is up in the air. I'd love to bring him back because, Look, you know, I, we don't know about Anthony Richardson. I mean, he was hurt quite a bit in the first couple of weeks of the season. Ultimately went down with the AC joint in the shoulder. And you, you hope that it's, that it's not something. You, you hope that uh, he's going to be healthy for the better part of the rest of his career. But you don't know. To me, this guy, Minshew, is a great insurance policy because you, you can't name me another backup quarterback who you could go uh, you could go nine and eight with. Yeah, honestly, I, I think I'm in the boat at quarterback with try and bring Minshew back. It's a two way street. He's going to have realistic you know playing time options. I, I would say much more than he will here in Indy if Anthony Richardson's healthy. But I'd also like to see them draft a quarterback on day three. Just you know, I, I think the depth of that position speaks for itself. With Anthony Richardson, you know, and the injuries he had, and Shane Steichen's. Oops, still there. You there, Bob? Oh boy. That yeah, I, I lost you there for a second. You hit a button. Uh, I don't know. It sounded like you were on a, a, a outer space, <laughs> maybe there. So, do you have us loud and oh, clear, I Bob? Lost you again. All right, we will try and reset maybe with Bob Kravitz there. It sounded like he was playing. Oh boy. Uh, 
a Nintendo game. Well, there I for heard a second. I heard a click and and I thought, oh boy, that that might be when you know someone accidentally hangs up. And I don't know if Bob Kravitz has the phone nestled next to his face or if he has AirPods. I don't know. Does Bob Kravitz have AirPods? I don't know. You would know. You're around yeah, it more I, than I am. I I've seen him rock those. <laughs> Dude, Are, you love your your AirPods. You might use your AirPods more than anyone I know. Yeah. I have a feeling. Hey, I'd rather lose my wedding ring than my AirPods. <laughs> Oh, Maddie's not watching. Bob, loud and clear, do you got us? Yes. All right, thank you. Thank you. I think we have him. Bob Kravitz is with us here, yes. bobkravitz.com. Uh, we asked you a couple weeks ago, I, I want to shift gears to college basketball. We asked you a couple weeks ago, and and I hope I'm not uh, misquoting you, you're pretty adamant about Purdue and the national title for this season and bullish on them and those expectations. I assume those have not changed. So if we go to the no. other Big Ten school here in the state, uh, where are you with Indiana and making the NCAA tournament? Well, I'm, I'm not going to reach any hard and fast conclusions until, uh, you know, unless uh, Xavier Johnson comes back uh, healthy and, and leads this team. Because, look, their their backcourt right now is atrocious. Uh, you know, I mean, Gabe Cups is is nice player, but he's a he's a freshman. Uh, Galloway looks a little bit lost back there at times. Um, I, I I think we'll know when Xavier comes back, but for now I think it's it's up in the air. I mean they have days where they look pretty damn good, like Ohio State, like Michigan earlier uh, in the Big Ten season, and then they go and lose to uh, Nebraska by twenty. So I, I think this is this is probably a five hundred team in the Big Ten. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to be fighting to make the NCAA tournament. I, I, I don't think it's a it's a done deal by any stretch of the imagination. And Xavier Johnson was pretty good on Saturday night. Thirty three minutes, no turnovers for him. Again, it's IU at Rutgers tonight at seven. Purdue at Nebraska coming up at nine o'clock. Uh, Colts off season is here, Bob. Anything we should be looking for on the horizon from you? I assume something Chris Bauer related later in the week. Uh, yeah, but anything else? Yeah. I'll- I'll probably head out to the Pacers tomorrow night, see what's going on with Hal Burton. Uh, boy, I hope he's here for the All-Star game. I hope he's healthy. I think the All-Star game is February 18th or something. Um, I hope he's good to go because it, it, it's going to be a celebration, not only of basketball, but of Tyrese and what he's done since he's been here. And, yes, uh, when Ballard uh, speaks, I will be there and I will have something on bobkravitz.com. Bobkravitz.com. Bob, as always, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you later this week. Thank you, guys. See you later. That's Bob Kravitz, Payless Lakers Hotline. He brings up the All-Star Game February 18th uh, here in Indy from a Colts standpoint. Andy, really the first big date I've kind of have circled on the calendar is February 20th. So I know that's you know quite some time, you know, a month and a half. Uh, that is kicks off franchise tag deadline. So it's a two-week period, February 20th to March 5th, in that time frame. That's when you can use the franchise tag. Uh, Again, Michael Pittman Jr., to me, is the most likely one uh, to be tagged, and I have not said that really about any Colts player for the better part of the past decade there. So uh, that is something to watch. Then free agency officially begins. I think it's – I need to double-check that, but I believe it's – March twentieth. Let me uh let me double check that. Well, yeah. Well, the you're talking about what the February eighteenth that weekend is that what you're talking about the weekend that you know the All Star game the weekend after that that's the combine right? 
Late yeah. February into, into March, the Combine now. I think it's February 27th to March 4th or at, something like that. Are we going to be at the Combine or are we broadcasting I out there? I hope so. Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh-huh. I'm down if you're down. Remember is your Jake credentials, band? people. Did yeah. You, is Jake banned? I mean, he might be from that security guard. <laughs> Do you know who I am? I distinctly I remember Jake him Larry. yelling that, at that, 6.58 in the morning. That's going to that's gonna break the heart of Jimmy Cook. If they were banned and they can't go out there, Jimmy would have to go by himself. So Last year, we got Sirianni at the Combine. Remember well, okay, yep. so that's what I was going to ask because the Combine, you know, I had followed it going back to years with Johnny Manziel and Teddy Bridgewater and, and guys like that, and you could get like legit – interviews with guys and now you can't really get too much yeah coaches more than prospects yeah but i mean we're we're an nfl market here so i was hoping uh, that we would be able to swing some things when i was in louisville i had mark you'll love this do you know pete prisco is of cbs i do not okay he's an nfl insider he was there and all the all the media gas bags from every outlet are there uh and he turned me down like 13 times in two days. <laughs> Do you have five minutes now? Do you have five minutes now? They got told no 13 times, like college. I don't think that's the end of the world, honestly, knowing Pete Prisco and his takes. So I'm going to be fully honest with you. On March 13th, that would be the uh, start of free agency there. So, again, from a Colts standpoint, date-wise, really just kind of late February, early March, franchise tag, you know, maybe uh, some re-signings will trickle out there. Uh, if I had to, I'm throwing this at you a little spur of the moment No, let's here. go. Give it to me. Uh, Grover Stewart, Kenny Moore, Julian Blackman, rank those three one to three. Okay. Most important to bring back. Uh, I'm going black. What? It's more. What'd you say? Moore, Stewart, Blackman, three defenders. And Grover then was- Stewart, Kenny Moore, Julian Blackman, one, two, three. How would you rank them? Oh boy, I, I would probably go Blackman one, Moore two, Stewart three. And that's nothing against Grover Stewart. Do you feel different than I do? I think would, I go would you Kenny have one. Um. I, I could hear a debate on it, but I I don't see anybody depth-wise at the nickel corner spot. Oh. Safety, I don't know. I feel like you know there's an opportunity maybe you could get by. Again, I know Saturday night was horrific for that unit. Um, I would probably go Kenny, Julian, Grover, but man, is it close. I guess the only reason I would have... It's really close. No, it's close. And, and the- like when you haven't had them on the field... Like Kenny Moore, the injuries really weren't this year, Andy. It was more of last year. Right. You felt his loss. Right. Blackman, go to Saturday night. Grover Stewart, look at the six-game, pretty big sample size when he was not in the lineup. It's And obviously Pittman, the Atlanta game. You talk about the big four free agents for this year. Boy, they have great leverage if they just look at the Colts and say, hey, did you guys see what happened when my client wasn't playing for you? Plus, the Colts are in a spot now that the fans have have tasted this new regime. You know, taking a step back isn't going to you know isn't going to work out. I, I tend to you know when Grover Stewart got suspended for those six games, Steichen and others said some really really good things about him. It made me not think about you know hey this is going to affect his contract at the end of the year. I might be wrong. I guess the only other thing I would say would be does Ballard think he can draft linemen better? or at a higher clip, and that's one reason why you could move away from Stewart. We haven't talked as much about Stewart. I mean, would one of those guys fit if you get something done with Pittman, the franchise tag? Probably not. Again, they don't use it. I don't know. They're just things. It's um, it's quite the offseason. We're two days in, man, and I, I, my head's spinning already because 
if, if you don't bring these guys back, a combination of any of a Blackman, Stewart, Moore, you that means you've got a lot of work to do. I mean, the work is going to build up of holes in this roster, and it's not all going to be able to be drafted in April. It's just not. What would your what were your three again, or what what was your order again? I would go Kenny Moore one. Then I probably then you Blackman go Blackman too. too. But again, th- there's no one like there's no one ready made really for Grover either. You know to. Uh, you'll bump into that role. So I, go, a- I go Morris or Morris Stewart and then Blackman. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think all three of them are really, really close. I think it's a pretty good debate. You can make arguments for any of them. Uh, we, get, we did get a question about Jelani Woods. He did speak yesterday, locker room clean out, said that the left hamstring, I guess, was nagging him more than the right. Um, I want to say the Germany game. Uh, I think it was week three and then also the Germany game. There are a couple moments during the season he thought he was going to make his return and then had a setback. So, I don't know if surgery is needed for him or what in the offseason. Uh, but yeah, it was a total wash of a second season for Jelani Woods. I was high on him. I know a lot of Colts fans were high on him. I, I am like because they won, I, I it's you know, because they won it won some, it's totally put a blanket over this. But Jelani Woods not playing this season is it's crazy, is it not? I mean, never would you have thought, oh, it's a hamstring injury. Okay, he's out. Okay, now he's out of camp. He's not going to be ready for week one. Okay, it's week one. Okay, we're in the, you know, kind of the the throes of the season. Okay, it's week three. Okay, it's week six. And it's like, is he coming back? Then it's week nine. And then it's like, no, the season's coming to an end. And Jelani Woods, it, you know, it's not like he, you know, you, you think of a hamstring, you don't think of all season, right? You think of an, an Achilles, unless you're Aaron Rodgers. You think, you think of, you know, an MC. You think of an ACL, you think of things like that. You don't think of a hamstring. No, not at all. You never think of a hamstring. That whole position group needs a needs a retool, that's for sure. Well, there was I've seen two mock drafts that Bowers can get to them at fifteen. I, I'm not I'm not sure that he can. Well, what does but the NFL that would be world fun. think of tight ends and drafting them that early? I mean, it hasn't worked. By all accounts, Eric Ebron, TJ Hawkinson, you know, drafting a tight end, Kyle Pitts, you know, drafting a tight end that that early. Oh, it's early. And I know Bowers is very unique, and I, I like him a lot, and he is a weapon, but still, uh, how the NFL views that position that early, I think will be something to watch around the draft. All right, coming up for the pop quiz, 317-239-1070. Uh, Mark, let's do, the, let's do four tickets. Um, golf. I give, think I can only enter two in the system. Oh, okay. Well, so much for that <laughs> we idea. We can always do That's two and then have another college. Took a big you know, dump on my idea How there. dare you not? The system, he can only do two yeah. at a time. What a system. Unfamiliar with the system here. Uh, Very seems strict. Seems a tad archaic, <laughs> if you're going to ask me here. Uh, what do we got here, though? When is this? The golf? Pair of tickets for the uh, golf ex- Indy Golf Expo at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. January 19th to the 21st. Pair of tickets. Come. 19th to 21st over the state fairgrounds. 317-239-1070 for that. Morning check down time. Yeah, 133-131, your final last night. Pacers over the Celtics. They moved to 21-15 on the year. Winners now of 7-8, of eight. but obviously Tyrese Halliburton going down there with that hamstring injury in the second quarter is what the conversation has been. Now, we did talk to Carlisle earlier today. Check it out, 1075thefan.com. Postgame, the players speaking, obviously. Buddy Heald on the team responding there in the second half after the injury. 
you know, it's always uh, sad to see when, uh, you know, when a guy go down, no matter who it is, you know, whether it's the head of Snake or one to seventeen. But you know, especially a guy like Ty, like he brings so much to this team, you know, and uh, the important piece for our team, you know. Uh, uh, you know, sad to see him go down. You know, it's one of my brother. We love him a lot, but uh, you know, we could finally pick the energy up. You know, and uh, come halftime, he was just positive. You know, giving guys energy. You know, yes, his towels over his head, but like we all feel like we need to respond the right way and uh, and you know, just bring the same type of vibe he brings uh, when he's with us or not on the court. So uh, you know, uh, we went out there and uh, try to get this one for him. But uh, you know, we gotta see how long he's gonna be able to continue building. I think at the end of the year, you're going to look back on Monday night's second half and think, boy, that was one of the more impressive kind of moments of the Pacers' season. I know maybe in the uh, you know immediacy of seeing the Halliburton injury, it's hard to go there, but boy, that was darn impressive to erase a double-digit deficit, come back, and beat the Celtics last night. Again, what Rick Carlisle said to us, MRI later today for Tyrese Halliburton, uh, but the scenes from last night in the locker room, he did walk under his own power with ice on the hamstring, um, I believe Rick said what from the locker room to the training room and then walked out of the arena as well under his own power. So uh, fingers crossed for the MRI results coming later today. Uh, all right, tonight college basketball, seven o'clock from the rack. Uh, just hearing that IU fans are absolutely cringing. It will be Indiana at Rutgers, three and a half point underdog. Rutgers not very good at basketball this year. They're eight and six. Uh, they have two wins in the last month. The teams they've beaten are Stonehill. <laughs> And Long Island. <laughs> we we and found Cliff out. Cliff st- is still playing for Rutgers, which I cannot <laughs> He's believe. Still there. The Rack. They never scored 65 points at the Rack, though. That's if the problem with the Indiana. 55, I think you jump and show Walter found. Again, it, this is important for Indiana. Road games are yep. important. I get that it's not a top, whatever, 40 50 team. Uh, probably doesn't fall into the quad one metric, but still, away from home is needed. So, again, Indiana tonight with Rutgers. And then at 9 o'clock, it is Purdue. Touchdown favorite, seven and a half point favorite over. Nebraska last year in Lincoln. This game went to overtime. Fletcher Lawyer, really one of his best games in his freshman season. And Andy, it was surprising. I remember that game. Nebraska not known for a bunch of big dudes. Not like they got a ton of seven-footers that can throw a bunch of bodies at Zach Eady. Eady played 43 minutes in that overtime game, 11 points and five turnovers. Like It is the one outlier from Zach Eady's season last year. So interested to see uh, if Nebraska can somewhat duplicate that tonight. Where can you watch those games? I don't remember. The Cock. That's right. Nine o'clock tonight on the Peacock or the Cock is... We got some people fired up about Peacock. I won't mention any names. No, that's fine. uh, You can mention names. Some media colleagues been texting me not happy about Peacock. And get ready next week. (sighs) Is that a seven o'clock tip, Scotty, in Bloomington, Indiana, Purdue? Seven o'clock? That will be Peacock. Listen, I'm like, I get it. What is but Peacock this is, per month? This is this is what we do in sports. You know who it's. You know whose fault it is. It's all our faults. We said to hell with the cable companies. So they all broke away and they said, okay, if you don't want to do the cable companies, now we'll all charge you five, six, seven dollars, dude. I think it's six dollars. And the only reason I know I still have it is because you know I have it through my Apple subscription, and so I now I just get the email that says thank you for your six ninety nine. Peacock is they've five, got me. Peacock is five ninety nine a month. Eleven ninety nine for ad free, 
or $59.99 per year. Okay, so I don't have the ad free, and this is the this is my biggest problem. So if I want to go back tonight, and let's say I fall asleep. Who's the late game? It's Purdue, right? Purdue's the late game tonight. And I fall asleep, KB, during the Purdue game. If I go back and watch that game, I, I can't fast forward through any of their promotions. I have to watch all of their I have to watch all of their promos and commercials unless I pay $12 a month. And then I'm starting to get angry. So you you said ad free mark is what? 11.99. So you're telling me if I don't have the ad free are they going to commercial me like in the middle of the game? Yes, if they you won't go- just commercial me at the media timeouts. Oh no! You you watch the game. I'm saying I'm saying. Are there additional ads on top of that? Yeah, well, there might be. I'm, I'm where it affects me is if you go back and watch a replay of the game, you are going to have to unless you have this twelve dollars per month. You're going to have to watch all. You're not going to be able to skip through any of the commercials on Peacock. Now, if you go, I have the Bally subscription for the Pacers. If I go and I want to rewatch last night's game. Uh, I can either fast forward or they even take some of they might even take some of them out. ESPN, if you go back, you've watched ESPN games. If you had YouTube TV with all the NFL stuff, you can skip through the commercials and they even take some stuff out. But that's what Peacock, that's the difference. If if you're gonna watch one of their shows, you're gonna have com- you have long commercial breaks during the shows, and if you rewatch live sports, you're gonna have to watch all you're gonna have to consume their commercials unless you pay twelve dollars a month. The live sports aspect of it as well is like like all the WWE pay-per-views are on there now so they'll say if you have the ad free they'll say if you uh we'll be right back but for our premium subscribers stay right here and we'll give you like a preview of the match so you get you go the the ad the people that pay for the ad free get to sit at home and get to watch something and then the people that don't have the ad free get like three minutes of commercials yeah, I, I got a, some, I think Travis just sent me this text here. The ad-free Peacock, more about on-demand offerings, not yeah. live TV. Mm-hmm. So Peacock, yeah. from a live sports standpoint, you get e- EPL, right? You yeah. get IndyCar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's been a solo Notre Dame game or two. I know that doesn't really apply to Sunday Night Football. A ton of people here. Um, Sunday Night Football simulcast on Peacock uh-huh. as well. Uh, what am I missing? Golf. You get some golf every once in a while. Yeah, and, and and now obviously a little bit of college basketball. I actually think for like for the apps baseball too. Peak Peacock actually has some stuff where you could rationalize it. Yeah, especially I, I would agree. More especially so than in this like Paramount yeah, or yeah. I, I would even argue Apple. You yeah. could. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't kick back again. You have to do the extra. If you wanted the MLS, you have to pay more to Apple, which I would not get. But no, Peacock having having soccer is is a big deal. And, of course, your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Jack Collinsworth on the cock tonight. I don't know if I can handle Oh, here's the guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I assume he's doing one of the two hey, games. Dad, I, I guess I should probably. Oh, you're, not ex- you're not escaping him all Double night. You're going to get him whether it's one, one, yeah, one or the other. Yeah, Collinsworth and Bardo. Boy, that'll put you to sleep, Andy. Uh, all right. Uh, is it time for the pop quiz? Uh, Michigan won. Hail yeah. to the cheaters. Yes, they did. 31-13. 34-13. Close 13 I keep on saying 31. Tom Crean, the images were awesome. Connor Stallions, Doused, and Gatorade. Uh, closer game than the final score indicated. Michael Penix, uh, they couldn't really block. And when he got some chances to hit on some plays, he did not do that. So uh, disappointing end to Michael Penix's collegiate career. All right, time for the pop quiz. Golf Expo passes we're giving away. We'll do that next. 317-239-1070. All right, pop quiz time, 239-1070. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. 
Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Uh, Kevin, have you looked at it? Is it doable? I've looked at the first three, and I think those are absolutely doable. Yeah, and I would go a step further. I I, I think it is. Yeah, uh-huh. okay. this is soft. Okay, oh, he's being nice. Mm-hmm. Scotty's being nice. Not Talk a great like transition. Defense last night. <laughs> Not a great transition from Peacock to soft. But well, it is what it here is. Here we are. You know? That's what sports radio is. Yep. Uh, do you want to choose a number here? Two, three, nine, ten, seventy. What number you got for us? Yeah, I'm trying to think of golf numbers. I mean, maybe a hole in one. Should we go with fast fingers here? Yeah, right, golf expo me. tickets. Sure, let's go. Caller number one. Who we got? Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, Kevin. Tim, are you a big golf fan? Big golf fan. In fact, I used to play a lot of golf with your former high school golf coach. Uh, Bill Mattingly, Joe Vollmer. Joe Vollmer. Joe Vollmer. Great individual. That's a state champion golf coach, yes, Joe Vollmer exactly. there. Great short game. Great short game. Uh, what's your favorite course in the city, Tim? Um, uh, probably the fort. Gosh, what a great layout. Awesome layout. Great in the fall, but use a different color ball if you want to find exactly. it with all the leaves on the ground there. Andy, you got any golf <laughs> comments got, you want to add here? What makes the layout great? Is it the, the sand dunes? Is it the water on 14, or what is oh, it? Tim, feel free to chime in. Love the elevation. Don't get a lot of that okay. here in central Indiana. Beautiful trees, four, five, six is an awesome three-hole stretch there, 10 and 11 in the trees. Toughest finish in the city. Uh, right. I love it, Tim. It's It's, you know... Unfortunately, it has a little too much play, but still a great test of golf. Yes, I think that is well said. Uh, all right, well, congrats on that. Uh, if you see Joe Vollmer, tell him I love him. And uh, Andy, go ahead and throw number one out. You're playing golf, and you're going to like it. <laughs> you, need to do a, you need to do a golf podcast. That's what you need I to would, do. I would love that. I'm sure you would. Tim, Four I Four months till the Masters. Let's go. The Pacers last night, they edged the Celtics 133-131 in the field house. Who was the leading scorer in last night's game? Benedict Matherin, Jalen Brown, Tyrese Halliburton, or Jason Tatum? Matherin. You sure, Tim? Um, 
Oh, no, no, it's uh, Brown. It was Brown. Sorry. All right, Tim, if you have to make par on one hole at the fort or else you're in jail for the rest of your life, <laughs> what hole are you picking? Um, Three. Oh, jeez, man, that's a lot of pressure on a par three there. Okay, all right, interesting. Uh, number two here, Tim, the Wolverines of Michigan are your national champs after they beat Washington last night. Who is the head coach of the Wolverines the last time they won at least a share of the national championship? Was it Bo Schimmer? Look at that. All right, he is making par on number yeah. three, and he's moving on. You don't even have to go the guy no in 1948. Jail for here yeah, for none of that. Last night's championship game was the tenth, conte- uh, the tenth, tenth contested under the college football playoff banner. Who won the first college football playoff title following the 2014 season? Was it Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, Oregon? Um, Alabama. What was the second one? Uh, Ohio, Alabama. Yeah, it was Alabama, Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio State. Number four. Uh. Tim, on this day in 1972, the longest winning streak in Major League Sports history came to an end as the L.A. Lakers' 33-game streak was halted. Name the team that ended the streak. The Cincinnati Royals, the Golden State Warriors, the Milwaukee Bucks, or the Chicago Bulls? The Bucks. Whoa. How the hell did you know that? <laughs> because when the Pistons were losing, I, I thought the Pistons ended the uh, Lakers streak and looked it up. So. Impressive Look stuff from Tim this. today. I like this. All right, Here question number five. Last one on this I'll day. I'll turn my mic off. Okay, on this day in 1958, Oscar Robertson scored 56 points to lead the Cincinnati Bearcats to a 118-54 victory. Name the team that Big O outscored by himself in that game. Was it Seton Hall, Oklahoma State, North Texas, or Houston? Who's this? Uh, Seton Hall? Where, where the, where the yeah, it, Seton, Seton Hall, Oklahoma State, North Texas, Houston. And back in 1958. I'll go Seton Hall. Audible gas oh, from Scotty Johnston did. in the corner here. I thought Mark was going to start playing sound. I mean, he was clear, concise, and confident in every answer. Tim, if that you don't impressive. mind, what do you what do you do for a living? Uh, I manage a practice for a group of physicians. Okay. So he's a smart dude. Yeah, you don't hang out with Vollmer if you're not. Uh, wow, that was <laughs> um, that was impressive. Number one, I guess a little bit of hand holding. If we're going to be completely honest, there forty points last night for Jalen Brown. Boy, how confident was he in two? That is correct. Yeah, Lloyd Card last time Jumped they won a title. That. Yeah, Three, a little indecisive, but he Loud did settle on Ohio Loud. State as the first college football national to, to champ me, that in the was, playoffs. That was the one that I thought would trip him up, just because all those How teams the hell did have, he know number four? All, all those teams have won about that at the same time. Gosh. See, uh, great, though. Gets the Bucks right. And then the last one, Andy Sweeney, the big O. The big O. Scored which college basketball It team? was Seton Hall back in 1958. Big O outscored Seton Hall it's all by himself. state champion performance, Dan. Good job. Look at that. That's a W. Let's go. He deserves a, a full membership to the Fort Golf Course there. 
That was great. <laughs> well, you can float that cost. <laughs> yeah. uh, try, no, to, try to put that in Mark Dighton's system. Yeah, see if exactly. that. See what yeah. the system says about I've got that. Enough stuff going in my system. I don't need anything else. <laughs> Easy now, Tim. Congrats job, Tim. on Good that. Job, that was Tim. outstanding, Scotty. Not the start to the week that he wanted. All right, we'll do one final time here. Uh, it's a wake up call. Appreciate everyone joining us today. Again, you miss any of the show, 1075thefan.com. Rick Carlisle joined us in the 8 o'clock hour. Bob Kravitz, a ton of Colts conversation as well. And Kevin, you know, the th- <laughs> I know exactly for, and we didn't think something would break during our show, obviously, maybe in the final hour. But if you're a querying company, you're, you're Jake and Jimmy, you're JMV, I mean, you're kind of waiting around to see what happens with this MRI. You can't really plan your show until, you know, until we know at least a little bit of information information on the severity and that's what we're doing we're sitting around and we're waiting and unfortunately uh the pacers do not have a scheduled practice today so any announcement obviously you think of the nba power brokers woge shams um now i i will say the pacers i feel like i can recall them doing this a couple of times uh where you know such an injury has occurred and they will give out like a two or three sentence press release so hopefully they'll do something along those lines because if it's not Today, Andy, the next time we'll hear Rick Carlisle will be tomorrow, pregame, you know, right. 5.15 or 5.30 right. uh, before they play the Wizards. So, um, boy, best case scenario is what, two to three weeks, something like that probably? I, th- I think it is, and boy, I tell you, what what I hope it's not, you know, I was thinking before the show, I haven't even mentioned this, is, you know, and you were there as well, when Anthony Richardson goes down and he's holding his shoulder you immediately thought, okay, that's... I was next to JMV. JMV's like, well, what's this? A month? Like, he immediately was thinking, okay, throwing shoulder, right. quarterback, uh, you know, the little bit of history that we had had with injuries with Anthony Richardson that we were all, all, all you know, pulling up the schedule saying, okay, you know, if he could miss these games, you know, they can win these games. And that's kind of the conversation with, with Halliburton, Boy, I don't know. Did you did you guys you were there as well, Mark? Did you guys feel that way? Because when he was being carried off and McConnell puts the towel over his head, and like you mentioned, the brass there that were sitting courtside for the Pacers all leave and they go back, you know, to me, I guess that's what it made me think of was that game in Lucas Oil against Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, my first thought was honestly Victor Oladipo, because it was the same basket. Um and just being in the building that night, that was late January 2019. The Pacers had a very similar start to that season as they're having this year, more good than bad. They honestly were probably even a better record back in 2019 than they are right now. Uh, so that was my thought. Now, on Oladipo's is the immediate grab of the knee. Um, with Halliburton, I think it was pretty quick. Like, he did the splits. I think you could see that live. Like, I mean, that was... So I thought hamstring groin right away. That was kind of the first two thoughts I had. But then when you see him get carried off, that's again, that's such a jarring sight to see. And the towel over the head and, you know, all of that. Um, but as Rick Carlisle said to us earlier in the show, and this will be up on the podcast, Tyrese Halliburton was walking under his own power from the training room to the locker room and then out of the building right. to go home last night. So I... I I hope, think that is a little bit of good news. But again, uh, MRI scheduled for sometime this morning. And uh, we'll certainly keep you updated on that. Uh, The other, you know, obviously big thing from last night was a national title game. That do anything for you, Michael Penix draft stock wise? No, I, listen, I like Michael Penix. Does he need it to be too, too good around him, too clean around him? Yeah, I, I would not draft Penix that high simply because of the 
myriad of injuries he's had. Uh, I was stunned. The guy who is the accurate quarterback was not an accurate quarterback last night. And then, you know, it didn't have totally this feel to it. But you know how, and and listen, I know people don't like this uh, with all the SEC honks. You know how, like, a big SEC team faces off against somebody. It's like, yeah, you can kind of tell that they're they're playing. Their linemen all don't look the same. I don't know. I mean, Michigan last night was able to run for more than 300 yards. I mean, they didn't. Have, their quarterback didn't have to do anything. You know, JJ didn't have to do anything last night. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's more interesting. Of Harbaugh's one, he brings Michigan up, you know, in the world, and now he's going out the front door or back door to the NFL, and probably Michigan gets hit next year with some sort of something, uh, potentially, you know, by the by the NCAA. I did love the people that last night were like, the NCAA needs to vacate this title. It's like, brother, the NCAA ain't got a damn thing to do with college football, with college football and especially their national title. Those are those are two separate things. They have to go pick on college basketball teams instead. Does anybody ever forget, like, vacate tests? Like, oh, that, that didn't count. No. no. Yeah. Nobody, nobody cares. Hell, Notre Dame had a vacate wins, what, a decade ago or so? It's like, hey, what? You know. Um, yeah, I'll be curious for Penix. Does he sneak into day two? You know, does he get that second, third round? Um, you know, what is that next quarterback tier? You know, it seems like by all accounts, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels are going to hear their names called very, very early. Where's JJ McCarthy in yeah. all of this? Yeah, Bo Nix. Um, Bo Nix. You know, it, McCarthy wasn't needed to do a whole lot last night. Obviously, when Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum are running. Like they did, but yeah, that was Michigan just playing bully ball. Owning the line of scrimmage. You know, Washington's O-line, Andy, was voted the best O-line in college football, and that was the question. Texas didn't touch him. If Michigan can get him off his spot at all, and it was one of those things where early on they did that, and then I thought when he had the chances to then hit, right. he missed. He just was a little missed. erratic and a little yeah. rattled, and that one to a Dunze on the fourth down there late in the first half was huge. And then, boy, just is there anything that sums up Michael Penix's career more than an offensive lineman stepping on his ankle on the first play of the third quarter and he throws the pick? Yeah, they just they they choked as a team because the way that they play and the way that they win. They just didn't do that. They When they had the opportunity, they didn't do that. And Michigan uh, was a big part of that. So, yeah, wh- what happens with Harbaugh? The timeline there is going to be interesting. Uh, Michael Penix, hey, could still tell me first, second round pick. You know, we've had fun with it. The amount of, and we've seen here in Indianapolis, I mean, KB, the amount of different guys that have played quarterback this year in the NFL. The amount of injuries to quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, mediocre quarterbacks, average quarterbacks. I mean, everyone from, you know, Aaron Rodgers, to Daniel Jones and in between uh, has missed time in the NFL this year. By the way, I wanted to clean up one thing. I'm seeing this uh, about four or five minutes ago from Josina Anderson, um, who is an NFL insider, long time at ESPN. I believe she's at CBS now. She's reporting Don't that... Get me started on her. Okay, well... The- <laughs> well, here's what she put out there. And we talked about this. Wink Martindale supposedly resigned from being the defensive coordinator for the Giants. Well, he hasn't told anybody that, so they have no idea if he's the D.C. or not the D.C. That's what she's putting out there. The only reason we bring up that name is he's the opposite of Gus Bradley. He blitzes every down instead of three times a game. They say winning on the road in the Big Ten is difficult, correct? 
Sure. We talking basketball tonight? You want to money line Indiana-Purdue together, both on the road, at Rutgers, Indiana, at Nebraska-Purdue? Uh, I, I don't, but what are the numbers? $10 to win 20 <laughs> Okay. Uh, that's... Uh, I'll stick with I'll stick with Purdue. I mean, Rutgers. I'll eight stick and with six. Purdue. Rutgers eight and six. Well, let's go good. get it done. Come Stone on, Hill, Long Island. Sure, go ahead. Parlay them together. I got no problem with that. Let's make some money. Rick Carlisle, outstanding per usual. That'll be up on the pod- podcast, Bob Kravitz as well. Again, we'll continue to update you guys all day long here on the station with Tyrese Halliburton's MRI. Everybody have a great Tuesday. Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton signing off.